and welcome to episode 578 of Coronation Street, the Coronation Street podcast with me, Gemma. And that's a very subdued opening for you. I've not been annoying me all day. <laughs> not. We've been sitting in the car all day, we can't help it. Maybe a subdued start to the podcast matches the tone of this week's Coronation know, Street. Is that what you were going for? I know, but we're also in the corner, I don't know who can hear us. I don't think anyone can. We're, 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 we're away, we're, we're in sale at the moment, which is near Manchester. It's in the Greater Manchester area. We're here for the Soap Awards that are happening tomorrow evening. Very, very exciting. If I don't get one this year, I'm not coming next year. I know, we've been, this is going to be like, oh, what, our fifth? Soap Awards that we've been to, fourth, fifth. Not even get a mention. Fruitless. I mean, somebody could at least, you know, thank us on the. I know, thank us in our, their speech or something. I was waiting on the year, <sighs> on Conor McIntyre's final year. On, this oh, really? sounds like, like really, really, really up myself. But on, on his final year, and he was nominated for loads of awards. I think he's like, because if, of us. if he wins, if he wins like all four or five of his award, maybe he might just give us a little mention in this. In speech. one of them. It's just one of them. But. I don't know. You know, Charlie Jordan is up for numerous awards this year, isn't again, she? Again, again, <laughs> her success think... <laughs> purely down to us. Purely, yeah. We never have ever had anything but praise to say for Daisy on this podcast, have we? Uh, I think the tide may be turning on Daisy this week. What, after, back um, again? I, it, it could well be, I don't know. But uh, anyway, so we are here in sale. We're going to be at the Soap Awards tomorrow night. Um so hopefully next week we'll be able to tell you all about that. We're going to film lots of filmy bits. We're going to take photos. We're hopefully going to see some of the some of the cast members outside and everything. It's going to be a good day. But yeah, we're we're in we're in sale. We just got here within like five minutes before Coronation Street starting tonight, didn't we? That was that was some timing. But we've been on the just on the road all day. We left home at was it half nine? I know you said earlier. Yeah. We, yeah. So we left at half nine this morning. We stopped off at a lovely place called Chipping Campton. Chim- Chipping Campton in the Cotswolds. It was lovely. It was Drove very Cotswolds. It was, it was very, very British. It yes, was... it was very very British. And then we went to Michael's Mediterranean. <laughs> yeah, we went to a place called and Michael's I had Mediterranean. And you for had lunch. A, a chicken skewer. <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was somewhat of a detour. But um, anyway, we we are here now, and, and our Airbnb is a is a little room. Um, it's, it's got like, a toilet and a bar and a shower in yeah. the, in a separate area and it, it, it'll do and it'll do for a day. It's not got a it's table about, or anything. It's but... about the same size as a hotel room. Yeah, basically. So um, so th- that's why I don't know the acoustics any different today. Who knows? But it'll also luckily and I There's was literally bit, no way to know. Ever. No, it does have Wi-Fi as well. I, I had been a little bit worried that we weren't going to actually be able to upload well, we, anything with this. We searched we searched for various criteria, which were very important. And one of them isn't available. Well, we thought we have, we thought we searched for parking available, but there well, is none. So we just took the car back home and, and then walked. walked. That's back. that's why it took us so long. No, we're we're, we're it's fine. okay. Right, we're in a place where you don't have to no, pay after okay. eight. But we're okay. Um, yeah, we we're not doing go. a quiz today because it's I'm on strike. <laughs> we haven't got a quiz because we just haven't had time to put one together. But we do have something else, don't we? Mm. We have got Lisa. I'm glad you remembered the name because I'd completely forgotten. I apologise, Lisa. Lisa so, from our Facebook Lisa group. Lisa from our Facebook group. Lovely listener Lisa was at a pub quiz um, the other week yeah. and her team came in last place. So usually that sucks. It. But what it actually means in this particular pub where the quiz was taking place is that her team as a consolation prize got to choose the theme of the following week's quiz. And well, of course, part of it. Yeah, for, a round yeah. of questions. Yeah, a, a round. Yeah. So of course, Lisa, being the um, adamant Coronation Street fan that she is, is that the right word? Ardent. Ardent. That's it. That's it. Adamant just means she keeps going she on about definitely, it. Definitely, definitely is. Like yeah. we do. She has chosen. She chose to make the following week's pub quiz about 
Coronation Street. Yes. The quiz happened this week, and Lisa very kindly posted the, the questions. questions on our Facebook group to see how we could get on with them. Yeah. So um, what better thing to do than to um, ask Gemma the quiz questions? Because as we know, as a podcaster of 11 years now, Gemma knows Absolutely everything that is to know, that ever has been to Ask know about Coronation Street, full marks all the time. So it well, didn't I, I almost work that actually. way. You didn't do too badly, but we recorded you doing this um, a couple of days ago. Yeah. And, um, Spoiler alert, I've presu- already done it. Presuming I don't forget to insert it into the podcast, and we have got a lot on at the moment, so I apologise if that's the case. Presuming okay. that, that, that here is Gemma answering the quiz questions uh, the other day. So um, cut, to, t- cut to the past. That was very loud, wasn't it? <laughs> OK, question one. Why did Deirdre kick Ken out on the 1st of January, 1990? Because uh, he was sad. And this was this when Bet, he and Bet were... Um, no, that was the following year. Uh, because he had... What was he doing really dodgy around the late nineties, late late eighties, early nineties? Was it when he and when right? I know what it is. He and Wendy used her lobster mould <laughs> to make a, close enough to close make enough. a rude jelly. Close enough. Um, number he was just with he'd been with Wendy. Wendy, yeah. Um, number two. What did Deirdre's husband donate to her daughter Tracy? Kidney. Yes. Who did Gail marry in nineteen ninety one? Ah. Um, uh, Angry Man, Martin. Yes. Yay. Well done. Um, who killed Tommy Harris? Um, his daughter, who was called Katie Harris. Yes. Um, how did Gail describe her husband, Richard Hillman? <laughs> I assume in one particularly um, famous it was scene. Norman Bates with a briefcase. Correct. <laughs> now, this next question, Gemma, is written specially for the podcast. How did Leslie Kershaw die? <laughs> she electrocuted herself with a dirty toaster <laughs> making dirty cheese on toast yeah um, right you won't get this one who did Janice Battersby leave the cobbles with in 2011 the bin man yes what's his name uh, I don't know what his name was I only know his first name um, it was something like like Frank or Nigel or George I or... think I haven't looked at the answer to these but I think it was Trevor the bin man oh Trevor yes yeah, half a point for Bim one there. Well done. Um, who did Tracy Barlow convince was the father of her baby? Uh, Roy Cropper. Yes. Um, what was the name of the pet dog that died in 2012? Eccles. 2012? Oh, um, what was the question? <laughs> what was the name of the was pet dog? Schmeichel? Do- I don't know. I've not checked, but I'm guessing. I think that was around about when Schmeichel died, isn't it? 2012? Well, it was... I've got no concept. It wasn't Aussie, was it? I don't know. I'm, oh. thinking, I'm thinking Schmeichel. Okay, well, I would have said... You would have said Eccles. <laughs> ten years off, maybe. <laughs> yeah, but if we, are we on a team? Um, uh, yes, we are. Okay. Um, what, which former Corrie actor and now Labour MP played oh, Trisha? Tracy Bra- Braben. Correct. And that is it. Oh, I won. You, you, won, you won the game. Well Did done. I? I got... I don't know. I got, like, you got half, I get them, half right? a mark for a bin man and no marks yeah. for dog dead. Yeah. You got, you got Good job. Thank you. 
didn't she do well, everyone? Good job on the quiz there, Gemma. Thanks. I o- did almost job. full marks. You did do a good job. It was very, very good, didn't you? So, um, I don't know. I th- I th- I've got a feeling this is going to be a fairly short podcast tonight. Um, there was less Coronation Street to talk about because it only being five half an hour episodes, um, despite it being Britain's Got Talent Week. Um, you ain't got a quiz. Fine. Fair enough. I assume you haven't got birthdays as well. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's, it's, it... I've been drive. We've been driving for hours, and like yesterday, I I told you all day long, we've got to do this and we've got to do that, and you ignored me. I... All day long, you ignored me I... until all three o'clock. All day long. Yes, until three o'clock, and then we didn't actually do anything. We had to do till three o'clock, and then I was where wa- was That's... I at quarter to nine? Water in the allotment. At quarter to nine at night, how when would I have had time to have done anything else? It's all right. I'm sure people who've got birthdays coming up will forgive you for one week. But I'm really one... sorry that I didn't do it, but I was busy because you wouldn't help me. I'm sorry, I was. I... You weren't. You were. You were not helping. Is this a bad time to remind people that my birthday is also coming up? Not in the next week. Don't worry, everybody. You still got a good month to put together a classic Cory surprise party for me. I am turning forty. One month today, so um, I, I expect great things, listeners. Honestly, get get to it. So, um, are you ready to talk about this week's courage, Emma? Yeah. Let's do it. Right. Um. So, Britain's Got Talent Week courage, Emma. Mm. Um. <laughs> it didn't quite go down the way that we were expecting, did it? Mm, no. Um. It just felt. It, I think I'm, it's fair to say that by quite a long margin, that was the most underwhelming Britain's Got Talent Week Coronation Street has ever had. It's unfortunate because it's building on hype from previous years and also competing with other soaps, all of whom are doing something special this week because of the soap awards at the end of the week. Yeah. Now, ITV does something special because they've got Britain's Got Talent which is on after or before? I after, don't even know. After. Okay, so that's on every every day. And and I don't know what the purpose of Coronation Street being on before it now is. It always used to... I mean, this has it been something to, that's been going over 10 years, has I thought it was. I think maybe there was like a little bit of Britain's Got Talent and then a bit of Corrie and, and then a bit of Britain's like, Got Talent hey, in the end. And they were kind of like, hey, let's put Corrie in the middle and that way people won't turn over. But yeah. also we might get people watching it who didn't normally watch it. But now it doesn't feel like that's the purpose of it at all. And and it I, also I, felt a bit... Der- it, the thing is about it is normally Soap Week or Britain's Got Talent Week is like stunty or... And and it's it's half five half hour episodes, so you're kind of like you you feel like you can build momentum. And in previous years, we've had things like well, you've had your Victoria Court fire last year. We had Imran's death and everything around that with the flash forwards and everything. Pat Phelan's final week. There's been tons of really big name or big moments. There's only been a couple that have been small, really pivotal moments. And Coronation Street, I feel like the tactic this year was to rely on character-driven things and moments of drama, high drama, and to show off the acting, which, uh, yeah, but... (sighs) It's, It's odd, because on paper... You know, apart from the fact that there was... To to me, there was no big... There was clearly no stunts there. Nobody's going to argue about that. But there wasn't just that moment of massive, shocking twistiness. Yeah, there there either needs to be a twist, a revelation, 
or a stunt. Something that's going to make things go vastly off in a different direction or just anything like well, that. Well, anything you can really say. Or climax. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, yeah, conclusion to a story. We had Paul revealing his um, diagnosis and we had Daisy and Ryan kissing. Yeah, I and mean, those those aren't strong enough. I don't really. think so. That could have happened in any week. I, I I going into the week, I didn't know that those were going to happen. So I mean, are they are they big twists? I don't know. I, I don't think that the Daisy and Ryan kiss had even been advertised beforehand. So that's probably the closest there had been to a revelation. I guess uh, I I the guess that the Paul um, revealing his diagnosis to the family was there in the previews. Um, but also in mean, whether it was or wasn't. We, the viewers, knew that he had that, that yeah. MND, so it <laughs> yeah, wasn't a massive, true. like, oh my gosh, he looked at MND, I thought he looked a bit funny. Then we didn't have any of that. And the, the Daisy and Ryan kiss, as shocking, I guess, as it was, it was really low stakes on the shockingness, you know, it was no Justin falling off the scaffolding, which I'm, I'm yeah, still just predicted. desperately clinging on to the fact that that might happen next week. Um but why not yeah, put it in? It's like the they qu- run out of time this week. It's like the question The question is, what was the tactic for this Safe Awards week? Was it like, we're not going to compete with EastEnders? I don't know if everybody who well, watches EastEnders, EastEnders had a tragic it. death well, this yeah, week, well, didn't right, they? Go and say it then. I was going to say, I don't know if everybody watches who watches EastEnders has watched it and caught up, but that's a spoiler, unless you not have really. seen it. Um, they, they had, you know, and I've heard loads of good, great things about that, and it was really poignant. Did Corey know that that's where they were going and thought, we can do poignant? I don't know. I, I can't believe that they ever really cared that much about what other soaps are doing, honestly. Um, I think they nick ideas off each other, obviously, all what? the time. But I don't think that they're like going, oh, we need to make sure that we have have something. Or did they go, there's no point in us trying. Let's, and also, if I was if I was Ian McLeod, or, uh, you know, not him, but if I was the producer, I'd feel a bit like... Hang on, I'm telling stories here. I don't need to go with your schedule about when you want stuff. I've got my own idea about when the story beats are going to happen, and it's not this week. But the problem is that I think I mean that's underselling it a little bit because on paper the main um, you know gist of this week could have been quite exciting, and, and for some people it was. I, I mean, we, we feel, we've it. kind of launched into this standing like we're massively slacking off, and it it wasn't terrible. It just didn't live up to my hopes and dreams for this week but you know a wedding um a massive revelation from a character to their family that is on death's door that's pretty big Uh, a court case that has been built up to for a while after the massive acid attack storyline which has which has been fairly big for coronation street beloved character roy goes under the knife all of those things on paper yeah that's quite that's quite exciting but it just needed that that little bit of life and death shot twist something because this was tip it over i think this was aftermaths of stories that have been ongoing Mm. this was like what happens after you get your diagnosis or you have to tell your family what happens after you, you, a crime is uh, committed against you? Well, you have to go to court. Yeah. Right. Okay. The actual, yeah. Uh, the, the, the climaxes of these, I mean, the, the Paul climax is still to come, I guess. It's well, yeah. when he dies. But the, the, the big beats in the story, the Paul story, was, you know, getting hit over the mo- from the motorbike first, finding out that he's got it, 
Telling everyone. Yeah, telling everyone. But he'd already told some people. That's the other thing as well. It was only, you know, going into the week, Dee Dee, Billy knew about it. So it wasn't like it was a mega shock to everybody. It's... Okay, but they did have the big wedding. They did. They did. And that that was great. I I, I am going to say as well, in Corrie's defence... They didn't publicise this week half as much yeah. as they usually publicise Britain's Got Talent weeks. It's been a little while, I think, since... Do you remember they used to do trailers for it at the end of the previous Friday night's episode? I remember, like... Um, was it Britain, was it Victoria Cotfire or or something? Well, like they... On the, the previous week, at the end of the Friday episode, it's like, coming next week on Coronation Street, and here's some teasy clips. They haven't done that for a while, but there usually is well, some kind... they did kind... it for Imran, because we did a thing about it. No, 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 I'm saying... I don't know no, what you're saying. I'm saying at the end of the Friday episode, it's like a coming up next on Coronation Street. What we did for Imran was the, here's a trailer that they just play on normal advert slots on ITV, and it was the, the funny falling over trailer. So it's a, it was a different mm-hmm. kind of thing. But they didn't do that for this week's Coronation Street. I don't even know, because we don't watch a whole lot of TV otherwise, whether there was a, oh, it's a special week next week, just a general, here's a couple of clips going on. Um, so... And, and I don't think it was it wasn't on the front of um, like soap mags or TV guides. So it feels like either Coronation Street didn't want to push it, yeah. or you know maybe they realised this isn't that big a week. It's it's Let's just not confusing. Shout about it. It's a confusing tactic because you're not you're not living up to expectations, which is a bit dangerous if you're a soap. Yeah, but who builds the expectations? Yeah, we exactly. do. Coronation Street yeah, is I'm saying so- it's just a different week. It's Britain's Got Talent week. I mean, yeah. in their, I mean, for them, it was a shorter week. It was two and a half hours yeah, exactly. rather than three yeah, hours. But they know, they know everybody is expecting something from this week. Mm. Mm. They can't pretend that they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> but it's got a tire week. I don't know. What do you mean? And I guess that's the, the, the problem with the cycle that they've got themselves into now, haven't they? And not only is their Britain's Got Talent week now, you've also got your Super Soap week, late September, early October. So if we get to that period again this year, and again there's nothing, have we only have we got anyone but ourselves to blame if we're a bit disappointed when it doesn't live up to our the hype that we've generated for ourselves? I've always complained about these artificially generated, like you know, cl- climax weeks where everything comes together, and I, f- I find it. I think it's probably a bit creatively stifling and a bit artificial, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I said. So, yeah. so I, I. I I agree with if this is what they're going to do, but I don't know how you communicate that to your audience. Like, don't bother watching this. Week, <laughs> don't get your hopes up, week. But, That's what they should call it. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, if this was a normal week of Corrie, I would be going, bloody hell, that was really good. Exactly. And that that is what it really comes down to. If it was a normal week of Coronation yeah. Street, we went into it with no expectations. We're like, oh, that was, you know, fair. That was some memorable no, stuff this week. Quite good, some good, really good, good bits happened. There, there was, was some great performances, absolutely, which we'll come to. That I thought was like, oh. I was, and that was it. That was Thursday. Thursday, you weren't too fussed by, were you? I, I thought at first, when we got to th- the point of Thursday, I was like, "This has gone downhill drastically." The problem, and the funny thing about it, I just want to say, is that we—I knew that we were having the wedding, and I knew that we were going to have the trial. And I've always moaned about Gemma and Chesney. I don't like them together. I wasn't really particularly looking forward to, to Gemma's wedding, especially because I knew that we were, that Paul was going to he was saying I can't tell them I can't tell them because of the wedding so I was like he's obviously going to tell them at the wedding now he said it five (laughs) times he's not going to so I knew that that was going to happen 
so I was like, oh, I'm not looking forward to that this at all. But I guess the, the 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 court case will be interesting. When I actually watched it, the the the, the wedding was brilliant. And when we got to the first sort of day of, of court, I was like, I, this is pants. The problem with how, the court how is case, this the, biggest, was... the biggest problem I found this week is they spent too long building up to it. And, you know, the the, the trial itself didn't even start until Thursday's episode, whereas I think it would mm. have probably been better if they'd got on with it sooner. And, you know, a, a lot of the week, I was just thinking, come on, Daisy and Ryan, just Get yourselves to court. Go on, you know you're going to be there. Pull yourselves together. I know you've been through some really tragic times and, you know, I wouldn't want to be splashed in the face with acid either. That looks a bit pants. But just get yourselves up there and, and answer the questions, please. And, and they were just going, oh, you can't do it. Oh, I've got a reason. You know, and then and, and finally, you know, you get to Thursday, the court case starts, and I'm thinking... Curry, you do know you've only got half yeah. an hour left of this week now for yeah. something huge to happen, and it and it, and it didn't, didn't really. It didn't. And, and it, if they were going to do the um, the verdict today, I would have thought, well, that's happened too quick. Although they've done it before because Toya's court case lasted all of two days last year, didn't it? Or or what actually happened is there's still no conclusion to it. Yeah. And we're left hanging, and and it's going on to next week, and and probably it would have felt been better if the 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 outcome had happened as the big shock at the end of the week if, if if this week's episode had ended we will talk about what actually happens i know we're doing this completely ass about face if this week the final scene of this week's episode had been the judge telling justin you're free to go and we'd seen him walking out of court you know smug face him and karen that would have been a great end to the week i think and i still got a feeling that that might happen mm just not this week but not this yeah not this week uh, and if it happens early on in monday i'll be saying oh can you just rejigged it around a little bit to have to have happened and and maybe you know taken out the evelyn and roy stuff which i didn't mind particularly but it was certainly oh. the, the the filler story of the week um and and it it relied on the fact that you've got two much loved characters doing some great um, you know, character moments and dramatic scenes and everything, but I don't think that the week would have been any worse had none of that been in it, you know? So anyway, that's all we thought about this week's career right. in general. Should we move on to that? <laughs> let's let's go back and then find out because there, there is lots of good stuff to say about it. We need to we need to run down exactly what happened. We will do the uh, Gematrimony story first. Um, and then I've, I'll call them the Justin trial just in case this week because it was the Justin. Yeah, case. I get it. I get, you get, get it. You get it. I haven't, I haven't got another storyline title for the Royal Royal Flash though. I was going to call it. I had a great one when he was going to pretend to be going off to Rill and um, him and Evelyn were going to have their sneaky plan about it. I was going to call it the real deal. But then Nina found out in the end that he was going into hospital. Nina Not that we saw any of her plans. today. Well. Where was Nina in today's episode? Just there were there was a couple of characters that were notable by their absence at key moments in this week. So Nina, who if Roy's going into hospital, you'd have thought that she'd have been a major player in the week. She wasn't. And the other one, Chesney. Bloody like, Chesney. He shouldn't have it, even come to the wedding. I think. The, it, it, I think if he hadn't actually had to have been there to say the vows. 
they probably could have gone through pretty much the whole week without Chesney even making an appearance on screen. I don't think I've ever known a, we- a wedding in Coronation Street where the groom has been quite so disposable, so, so disposable and sidelined. And, and maybe it's, you know, just, you know, it is Chesney, what do you expect? But I think that he's that as a character, as an actor or whatever, he's really got a raw deal for this week because it was Gemma and Chesney's wedding, but really it was Paul's story, wasn't it? Mm. Um, but, you know, that I, I like you said, I think that the, the extravaganza of the wedding certainly to me was was fun and it was it was a memorable Coronation Street wedding for, for many other reasons. Um, even though, yeah, as I say, that the groom felt like he didn't really need to be there. Uh, anyway, um, do you want to do... Do you want to talk about this storyline? Do you want to do the synopsis of the Justin storyline? What would you prefer? I don't mind. I, I, I've got no preference for this Well, one. I'll start then. You do. So, the the wedding storyline, Gemma. Off you go. Let's Thank have a reminder. Thank you for introducing me so what everyone happened. knows what I'm talking about. On Monday, there is wedding prep at number five and Gemma, Bernie and Izzy are all getting ready and <laughs> Bernie's cracking open the champagne. Now, she has not... Uh, been listening to our Patreon about how to have a wedding disaster because she would have known that very possibly she could have got Gemma completely sozzled before yeah. the big day. Oh yeah, she could have done a Becky, event. couldn't she? And she would have Gemma been rolling, rolling around in the in the aisle. Yeah. Um, she insults Linda by accident. Oh yeah, Izzy's on the phone to Linda, isn't? It? That was another one. Izzy just kind of dropped off the radar as the week went on, didn't she? She like I I provided you with a magnificent orange sparkly dress. My work here is done. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, Gemma worries about Paul. The fact that Paul's not coming, she she's really upset because the last time she spoke to him, I had an argument, and he's like, "I'm not coming to your wedding," yeah. and he didn't really explain why, and she's devastated because she wanted him to walk her down the aisle, and obviously he is concerned that he's not going to be able to do it anymore because of his leg. So Bernie assures her that he will turn up. He wouldn't miss it for the world. She nobody knows at this point except for it's just billions billions. Um... Um, DD. DD, yeah. So jo- Joseph. Paul. Of course. Paul, Paul, <laughs> Paul knows. <laughs> so. DD and Billy, like, when are we going to tell him? <laughs> Joseph's sitting on the stairs and he's overhearing this and he's getting very upset, isn't he? And, and uh, feeling like everything's being ruined. Joseph was great this Yeah, year. it was He cute. only had a small amount to do, but um, he was really channeling. 10-year-old Chesney energy. Yeah, he was, he was. I think. It runs in the genes. Watch out, you're about to become redundant. (laughs) Not not literally. Well, figure it, I don't know. Anyway, so meanwhile, Paul's at the dining room table at the flat. He's uh, just looking miserable. And Billy's saying, why don't you just go, just go. Um, At number eight, Tyrone is cooking bacon. Not eight, I mean nine. Sorry, I mistyped there. Um, Tyrone's cooking bacon and it made me really want a bacon sandwich. Oh yeah, it looked nice, it looked didn't really it? Really good. You could tell it was a special week because you actually cooked. saw him cooking bacon, and it wasn't just the fake plastic stuff they sometimes have on the side at Roy's. Yeah. And this was the scene when um, we get to hear all the excuses for why certain actors can't come onto the show. Yeah, this was like when somebody wins an Oscar and they don't turn up for it. <laughs> so, Scylla can't come; she's got a broken collarbone. Fizz can't come; she's going to hospital. Kurt can't come. Because an ice cream van ran into him. <laughs> and I, I, I think people are assuming that he was in the van delivering things. But I don't think. I think he was running for an ice cream <laughs> and just ran into the van. <laughs> ran into a parked van. Yeah. I don't know what Andy Wyman was doing. I've, I I thought at the time that he was filming I'm a Celebrity. But he, actually it turns out that not. that was done like last autumn yep. or so. So I think it was very unusual 
like I know I, I, I don't know exactly how holidays with Cory actors work and everything but I would assume that there's some weeks where they're told you can't can't really have this week well off. you know I don't know what the contracts are I think they no. have slightly different contracts to most normal jobs but in a normal job I, I only found this out the other day they they don't have to give you time off when you want it. They can as long as they give you the amount you need you mm. need in a year. It can be at, completely at their discretion when it is. Well, that's like my holidays work. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I maybe Kirk had just heard that Chesney wasn't really going to be very important at the wedding, so he's like, I'm not going to bother turning. I heard it was going to be sad, so I didn't come. Yeah, so I mean, I, we'd mentioned before what's going to be the reason that Scylla doesn't turn up, why is Fizz not going to turn up? And it's like, of course, Scylla's got osteoporosis, so she's broken her bones again. Like, they've always got to come up, they've always got to have a reason, don't they? I almost wonder whether it would be better if they just didn't, didn't mention it. it. We've, we've had conversations about this a million times. <laughs> it's, it's a, it, you can't win situation, apart from you can win if you get the actors in. Um, Jenny McAlpine clearly could not have turned up for this because they're going off on maternity. They, but, unless they'd have can changed I just the say, whole filming. Yeah, they could have it. filmed it earlier because there was no particular reason this had to be part of of the Britain's Got Talent Week because I felt like they were very very good episodes. But as we've just spent you know twenty minutes thirty minutes talking about, it wasn't a soup. It wasn't a, a spectacular. Mm. Like it felt like if they had moved it back a month. Would would it have made yeah, a difference? I don't, I don't know. know. Well, they could. I I think that they maybe could have got Jenny McAlpine to have recorded a video message or something because they've I know, done that before. But at the end of the day, they? they only had half hour episodes. They had five to fit in, and we always make all these. We always moan about all this stuff. But really, did anyone care that Fizz wasn't there? Most of the wedding guests were superfluous anyway because the whole thing was revolving around this family drama that was unfolding. Well, yeah, exactly. So they, they would have sat down and gone, "Look, we're not going to get." We're not going to get Kirk. We're not going to get Fizz. Is it really important? Uh, I think we'll be all right. Like yeah. they can't just they can't just bend themselves in in pretzels for for every character. I, I think that Fizz and Chesney have got a really really lovely relationship, and when they take the time to remind us that they're brother and sister, and they have these special siblingy heart to heart moments, they're great. I mean, these actors have been working with each other for what 15, 16, 17 years, I, I, ages. Um, so it would have been lovely to have a legacy character such as Chesney on the morning of his wedding day to have had some sweet words from his sister, who, let's face it, has been a better mum to him than Scylla ever was. Yeah, that's was. all true. But, but it wasn't about it him. Was, the wedding wasn't about Chesney. When, it was barely about Gemma. <laughs> I heard when you turn up when you turned up to the wedding the, to sit in the church there, they were like bride or groom's side and if you said groom they're like go away <laughs> yeah. get lost it's not about you are you Gemma's side or Paul's side that's <laughs> like, oh, how I should have asked yeah um, but anyway and obviously Wendy Peters who plays um, Scylla couldn't have been in it because she is now in Doctors on BBC One rival soap I wonder if she'll be at the soap awards tomorrow might be yeah maybe anyway it's going to be a disaster thinks uh, thinks t- uh, who does Chesney Chesney but nobody cares what he thinks so he thinks it's going to be a disaster because nobody's going to turn up. Well, the only two, you only need two people and a witness, don't you? Yeah. Joseph comes round to Billy's flat, little little sad-faced Joseph, to try to convince Paul to come by calling him a plank, which is, we all know, is the um, Winter Brown way of uh, trying to convince somebody to do what you want them to do. <laughs> and he tells uh, Paul he- that he's breaking Gemma's heart. So he, he, Paul gets convinced by this very moving speech. 
you plank. And um, <laughs> Billy, Billy, Billy shaves him. And this was really sweet because he obviously is having difficulty doing it for himself. And Paul looks at Billy and says, I don't know what I'd do without you. Mm. And it was really sad because you knew that Billy was thinking the same thing, but he couldn't say it because he's going to have to find mm. out how to deal yeah, without exactly, him yeah. very shortly. I thought it was funny saying... There was a lot um, of poignant things like that. There all. were there were some yeah. really good moments like that. I thought it was funny seeing Paul with a with a cleanly shaven face again. I hadn't really realised how stubbly he got recently. Aww. But it was yeah, when he was all all fresh faced and everything. It's like, oh you you little cherub. Aww. <laughs> you cheeky so cherub. Gemma realises Joseph's gone missing and so she's hammering on number nine's door. Is he there? And they turn around and there he is with Paul by the salon and they're hey. both um coming along. Um Gemma's like, why are you limping, Paul? He says he's got piles. Yeah, and they all go, laugh, they all laugh because they don't know the horrible truth. <laughs> I guess it's a good way of deflecting questions, isn't it? <laughs> don't ask me, it's my bum. I, I've pooed myself. <laughs> I know we've got the, the twin thing going on, but there's some things I wouldn't even want to share with you. No, says. exactly. So they go to the wedding, and it was a very rare. Church wedding in Coronation Street. We've spoken on our bonus episode. Was it Patreon? Um, we talked about yes, this. Yes, we did. That's about it. how rare it's been to have a church wedding on Corrie because of COVID, I guess. But it was just nice. I know. I don't for one minute think Gemma's particularly religious. No, Same I think with it was Chesney. convenience of um, most there was people, a vicar involved or an archdeacon involved. I'm sure most people who get married in a church are also really not that it's well, just lovely to look at isn't it you cannot deny no matter what your feelings about religion um that is they are beautiful and they feel traditional and yeah. when you have a wedding in a church it feels very special and it you know We've, it, it we, when we, nice we, we, we did um discussions about Corrie's top weddings last year year before i can't remember it and i was looking at the stats of the uk about how many weddings take place in a church and i think i surprised myself by how few actually in real life marriages do take places in church these days so it's probably fairly realistic yeah. that coronation street does tend to go for yeah. the chariot square the ho the ho the other hotels the weatherfield register office and everything but um you've got to think of the aesthetics the the last wedding to take place in a church as far as i remember on coronation street was michelle and roberts when she was reading mm. out his um his incriminating text messages well, this one in front of the congregation already. It did, yeah see and this is the other thing i was looking at when was the last church wedding in coronation street that actually produced a long-term well, loving away couple. Patreon information. No, no, we didn't talk about this one on oh, Patreon. This, didn't uh, we? No, I don't think we did. Well, sorry. I mean, it's, it's not Patreon information. I'm only joking matter. anyway. Of course um, I'm only joking. So, as far as I could tell, the last wedding that actually didn't... I'm going to get a drink. Yeah, you go for a drink. You get... The last wedding in Coronation Street that happened in a church that actually the couple got married at the end of it was Tracy and Steve back in 2012. So we're going back like 11 years now. And even then, that was when Becky crashed the um, the reception afterwards and said and gave revelations about her miscarriage or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly. It doesn't matter. Um, so that wedding immediately broke up. And then going back before then, you're really loudly. What have you got there? I'm just enjoying myself. You guys are right. What you got? I have a smoked pineapple daiquiri. Smoked pineapple daiquiri for Jamma, lovely. Oh, fancy. Yeah. Supporting Manchester's local businesses <laughs> there. Um, yeah, so 
And then before that, like, you have to scroll back years to find oh, a Coronation Street Church wedding. Like, we had Marion and Eddie Yates. As far as we know, after they got married in 1986 or whenever it was, they went on to live happily ever after. I recommend you, this. You had, <laughs> you had um, Joan Walker, who got married in 1961. <sighs> went off and wasn't a character anymore in it as far as we know that she lived happily ever after as well but I literally don't think there has ever been a couple in Coronation Street that we've seen get married in a church that have gone on to just <laughs> have a happily married life so yeah, what does that tell you? Don't get married in church. But to be fair, I haven't compared stats for characters who got married in register offices either. I think basically anyone who gets married in Coronation Street... If you get married Street, on the show, you're doomed. You have to get married before. That's why me and Michael got married before. Starting the podcast, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, Jack and Vera got married in the church, I imagine. They were. They went on to have a long and happy marriage. Ed and Aggie, I'm currently, sure they, they must have church. got married in a church. Because they religious. were somewhat religious. Um, but I just think it was really, really quite interesting that with all the grandeur and, and and everything of these church weddings in Coronation Street world, it doesn't mean a thing because the characters are likely to be um divorced within a few years. Ha ha ha. That's just Irony. Like... Right, so oh, back to you. Thank that's, you. That's kind of interesting. It is interesting. I just um Cory stats people. Yeah, I'm sure. Um so they turn up, as I said, I don't know if you got it from what Michael was just saying, but it was in a church. What? And Billy's Not just any church. Oh my god. Billy's Church. Mm-hmm. St. Mary's. Carry on. With your permission. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, you, you oh did. my God. Was that one of our vows at right, our wedding? It. You carry on. I, I promise to let I'm... Michael interrupt me at all carry points on. in any future podcasts that we do. No, go on. Back to you. I'm going to drink Are you my... sure? I'm slurping my... Oh, my tea's gone. But I'll, I'll, I'll pretend oh, to slurp you... my tea. Go. <laughs> Paul walks Gemma down the aisle. Right? Yeah. He goes to start walking her, but she's like, wait. And then she presses a button on her dress, which is already quite extravagant, as it is a very voluminous, bright orange, Confrontation Street orange, I might add. It was. Thank um, you for making the Gemma dress in tribute to our Gemma. Yeah. That's exactly the same thing as I wore. <laughs> do you want to talk about the dress now or do we do it later? Just do it. Can I just get through this? Yes. She presses a button and all these fairy lights begin to flash on and off, which was so, so great. Um, but Gemma notices that Paul is limping, which I guess is to do with the piles. <laughs> <laughs> Get to the front. And Gemma also notices that Billy is giving Paul a worried glance. So she's she's on to them now. She's yeah. she's not as stupid as she looks as Gemma. She's, she can sense something's wrong. They say their vows, and Chesney does all these extra bits about how awesome Gemma is. But I really liked Gemma's vows because she talks about growing up with um, her mum and well, she's I don't remember if she talks about Paul, but because they weren't always together when they were no. kids. But she talks, she she gives him her vows in a series of song titles from the eighties. Yeah, eighties, early nineties. Yeah. yeah, and it was just perfect because. What Coronation Street likes to do is to get the writers to do really beautifully phrased and uh, 
loving vows that you don't believe for one minute that these characters would necessarily better knock up themselves. <laughs> but this was perfect for Gemma because she, you can see her again getting this idea and getting really excited yeah. and coming up with all, all the different ones. It was perfectly in character and it was also really personal to her and it was very romantic too. And very sweet and cheeky and bubbly like she is. So hats off to whoever I, whosever idea that was because I thought that was fantastic. Yeah, it was a nice touch. So they've done their vows and they have the reception at Chariot Square. <clears throat> See, this is the thing I guess they think probably thinking Corrie now. It's like, well, they're always going to have the reception at the Bistro, at Chariot Square or at the Rovers. So why would we bother having the wedding somewhere else? Mm. It just it gives them... It breaks it up too much. Yeah. But anyway, this is what I like this because it's felt felt like more of an event, didn't it? Having two two locations, so they're yeah. having their reception there. <laughs> Jenny's trying to eat a, a family sized pork pie <laughs> at one point, although it was pointed out to us that she does switch switch out for a mini. I, for I a missed mini one. that. I do what. love a pork pie. <laughs> they're fantastic. So Debbie's asking Paul when he's going to do his speech, and he's panicked because he's like, I thought I wasn't coming. I didn't bother doing it. Can you just imagine him sitting there at home, like stewing and being sad about the fact that he did he wasn't going to go anymore, and then going, "Oh well, he's having to do that bloody speech. That's good." Yeah, every cloud. Yeah. <laughs> well, he should get uh, Chat GPT to do it, shouldn't he? I, I hear that Chat GPT writes excellent best man speeches I've heard from, um, <laughs> from personal experience, <laughs> not my own, of course. No, nobody else. Has I do. I may know somebody yeah, who has done that fairly recently. I haven't been to a wedding for like. We haven't ever. Twenty years, probably. I don't know. Actually, no. I went to a wedding. I went to. Um, oh, you, oh, I, I don't went get to, invited to anywhere. A school wedding the other month. I don't think you should get two. two of them should get married. <laughs> I don't think. Uh, right. Wedding, thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, he's like, oh no, everyone's mingling, and then Dev gets a bit too close to Linda for Bernie's liking. This is funny because they're both posh, and they were sort of. What were they just bonding over posh? Food, maybe. Linda... Um, Isn't money great? Isn't it lovely to have loads of cash? Don't you just love like being able to go to a shop and go, oh, what's the most expensive sausage roll? I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> so Linda accidentally lets it slip to Bernie that she's paid for more than just the food. She also has paid for the, the suits, etc, etc. Bernie goes mad, she hears this, and she goes to Gemma and kicks off telling her that Linda's paid for everything. And Gemma thanks Linda, which is not the response that Bernie was thinking. Like she thought that that Gemma was going to be like an outrage. I'll stamp <coughs> on the buffet. Um, oh, and also the cake. She's paid for this cake too, mm. which looked really fake, but it turns out it wasn't because I know, they start it, smashing it into each other's faces. It looked like a load of hat boxes piled. It on really top did of look like other. it was made of cardboard. But it wasn't. It was another um, red butterfly bakery one because they put a tweet out earlier this week to say, "Oh, here's our design." Well, it was definitely apparently. Um, apparently, there was going to be one extra tier, but they couldn't. Um, they couldn't. It wouldn't have worked in the fight, or it was too precarious, or whatever. So they had to reduce it. I get frightened with uh, tiered cakes with people throwing it and smashing stuff. Well, you know how Americans like to smash cakes into I, I, yeah, face I don't, people. I don't get that tradition. Sorry, I, American listeners. I just cringe about the dowels because you put dowels inside them, and I'm just wondering. Somebody's got to have had their eye <laughs> taken out by a jovial cake smash at some point. Well, that's why we don't do it in this country. Also, a heart is fruitcake, and you get concussion if you got smashed into that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
they start having a cake fight, which I think was a bit of a low point for many people, including me. That was completely unnecessary. And there are a few points this week where I thought they'd really done a number on Bernie. Luckily, the emotional, heartfelt, crying, teary-ups kind of scenes saved it for her. But this was one of the points where I was thinking, Bernie... How dare you do this? Your daughter's wedding, making a scene like this. Why do you care about this as well? Why are you that bothered that, that Linda's paid? Why can't you just graciously say it's a great day and be happy? She, She's I so mean, jealous and bitter. They've, they've made it part of her character in the run-up yeah, to this have, and yeah. last year that yeah, she doesn't like... She, yeah, that, that that she doesn't like Linda swanning in with her with her cash and just you know throwing money well, at everything to solve it. problems. But at a wedding, at your daughter's wedding okay. reception, that is not the time to start a cake fight <laughs> with the other mum. You can't what do a, many what other a times. child. I could understand it if it was like Scylla, if she'd gone there and started a cake fight. I'd be like, oh yeah, what's she like, buddy Scylla? But Bernie, I hold to Bernie's a higher standard than that. A bit more emotional maturity, you would have imagined. Yes, she, she absolutely I can does. See, that was totally out of order. From her perspective, I can see, like, she and Linda show love in different ways because Linda hasn't had a chance to to sort of lavish her affections on the family because she's been remote from them. And so she's got her, the money to throw around. Whereas Bernie's hard had a hard life and all she was able to give was love. And then she feels at this very precise moment, at one of the happiest days of her daughter's life, that that isn't quite enough because it doesn't buy pork pies and sausage rolls. Mm. So I can see why she was upset about it, but the the manifestation of that was rather bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Uh, She should have just kind of swallowed her pride. Well, I I don't... Well, it was obviously... I I don't know. It feels like everyone was in the writer's room going, oh, what cool, funny things happened at weddings. That's what it felt like to me. Can we do a cake fight? Yeah. The the whole... um, mother-in-laws at each other's throats it's like it kind yeah. of writes itself as a kind of wouldn't that be funny to have <laughs> warring warring mother-in-laws and then, <clears throat> what what could we have them do i i saw a synopsis of this week about three or four weeks ago um and it and it hinted in there about mother-in-laws at war and i was thinking Ah, oh, are they going to have? Are they going to have Scylla? Are they going to bring back Scylla and have her with Bernie? No, that couldn't be right. She's on doctors at the moment. Um, and then it was clarified to me. Oh no, that I was that that's actually uh, Linda. And I was like, oh, okay, that's a shame. And it really, I'm I'm almost going to say that Linda wasn't needed apart from the fact that who else was going to pay for the snazzy suits and everything? But I'm sure they could have come up with something else. And and uh, once the wedding was over, Linda's bogged off back to Portugal again, and it feels like they possibly could have done this whole story without even including her. I didn't think that she added much well, to the week. She's not terribly important to them as a family. She goes Joseph's grandma, but she's not anything... I mean, she's Chesney's ex-mother-in-law because Katie's dead. Yeah. And did we ever actually see, I can't remember, a scene between Izzy and Linda... I, I don't honestly know. can't remember. There might have been one last week, but we said well anyway. Bizarre. Anyway, yeah, cake, yeah, it, cake it, it scene. Felt, no. Yeah, they have a cake fight, and it gets on Debbie, and this prompts Paul to step up to the mic to begin his impromptu classic Cory improvised wedding speech. <laughs> TM. People at Cory are so good at those, aren't they? Well, he starts getting a bit teary-eyed because he he's talking about all the time they spent as children apart from one another. Um, and then he just can't, he gets overcome by sadness to think of all the time that has been wasted 
that he'll never be able to make up now because he doesn't know how much longer he's got and he just walks out he he's devastated um i think tyrone takes over after this yeah so yeah, i think it's i can't remember somebody took over and that was quite sweet i think also yeah. big shout out to Uncle Ronnie on the, on the deck. <laughs> DJ Ronnie. That was so funny. I I like, what should him, we get Ronnie to do? I, I know, he's cool, isn't there, he? Um, as not part of the babies. Like, he's there, he was there as Debbie's other half, wasn't he? Like, he's... Yeah, but Debbie's other half didn't need to be there. No, Does he right. go to every event that happens at Chariot Square? I liked it. I thought it was cute. Oh, it was. It was. It was just like, uh, as I saw him in the background, it's like, what? why is it him? Is it because Ryan's got another storyline going on at the moment? Jeff's dead, so yeah, Ronnie's a DJ as well now. Why, Why not? not? Why not? He's he's a cool dude. I mean, he can Michael. Spin the back decks with the rest. Of I them, don't know how them. many DJs we've got listening, but I don't think it's that hard. <laughs> Do you not? I don't know. Just press the play button, isn't it? Put some mic. Put some isn't it just making a playlist on your, on your iPhone and hoping nobody texts you? <laughs> right, so um, he disappears into this corridor, and Gemma. Paul, fo- not Paul. Ronnie. Ronnie plays like, no further part you? in How this dare week. you make fun of my DJ? <laughs> right, so he goes into this hallway with Gemma. She follows him, and he's crying in the corner. And she's like, "What is wrong? What's? I don't understand what's happening." And he's like, "No, I'm just overwhelmed with emotion." She's like, "No, you're not. What's going on?" And he says, "I'm dying." Okay, I'm dying. Oh dear. And Bernie, <laughs> sorry. Whoops. <laughs> right. How did that happen? Tuesday, Bernie walks in and she's overheard this. She's heard them. She's what a thing to walk in on, and and she he doesn't believe it. She doesn't believe him. No, which is the second is... point this week where I was like, "What the hell, writers, are you doing to Bernie?" Because her immediate reaction was like, "No, you're not. You're just well, trying to spoil on. this." Yeah, yeah, sorry. You're, you're just trying to spoil the day. You're trying to make it about yourself. How dare you do this? And I was just watching this going, no, Bernie wouldn't react like that. I don't surely. know. I don't know. She's she's seen terrible things from both her kids. I think they've both been horrible. I just, I just think it was a really bad call for her to I, have reacted in that way. Well, it, well, they needed different reactions, didn't they? Well, I, did, I appreciated that they didn't really know what MND was, or especially Gemma didn't, did she? Because he, if he, cause he, his, the way that he delivered it to her was, I'm dying, I'm dying. Mm. I think if he'd said, okay, here's my secret, I've got MND, Gemma would be just like, eh. What's that? But to get the information, I'm dying out there first, before him saying it's MND, and she's like, what, what on earth is, is that? that? That was definitely, that fitted. Well, he's trying characters. to explain what this is to them, and how he's, he's saying, I've got three years if I'm lucky. And Bernie's like, you know... How dare, how dare you? And he's crying, and he says, "It this is this is the truth. I'm sorry. I didn't want you. To, I didn't want you to find out like this. I, I never wanted this to happen. I wanted to tell you later." And Bernie realizes that he's in such a state. This must be true. And she says, "But you look you look fine." And the tests. Who knows if the tests are right or not? And Gemma's just standing there, st- staring. Her mouth is open. She's completely shocked. She doesn't even know what to say. Bernie walks over and she's just just picturing her, her opening her mouth in shock and like pork pie lumps falling out like classic Gemma. <laughs> but they didn't go that they didn't, route at least, they? thank goodness. Everybody was fantastic and they they show how what, how talented they all are. Um, so Bernie Bernie hugs Paul and gives him a kiss on the forehead, mm. which I thought was cute. Um, and Paul's, Paul's trying to convince Gemma to go back to the party. She's like, I can't now. You've ruined, you kind of ruined it a little bit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> she, he, he was trying to like 
just pretend this didn't happen. Let's go back in time. I don't want this to, to have said this. I, I didn't want to ruin everything. Can't you just be happy and then think about this later? And she's like, no, I can't. I, I can't. I, 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 I'm I just does. too sad. And he says, look, please do it for me. Every moment we have together is precious. I want you to go out there, get mortal and twerk on the table. Okay, so... Um, that does the job of enticing her back She's like, the twerking, room. yes, yes. One can twerk at any moment. <laughs> I've heard of people twerking at funerals, in fact. <laughs> right, so um, Chesney is like, how come no one cares about me? <laughs> Where's Gemma gone? What's happening? Debbie says, oh, she's having a little cry in the hall. Weddings, eh? And then Gemma, Paul and Bernie come back into the room and Chesney goes over and whisks her onto the onto the dance floor because it's time for the tragedy juxtaposition first dance of Agadu. Just imagine if they had actually picked tragedy. I thought you were going to say that then because, you know, tragedy, tragedy is a classic wedding song, isn't it? The music video is set there. <laughs> that would have been... Um... Oh, Agadu was just... It was, it was such... It was so campily bad taste, wasn't it? Like, it was... Like, what's the, what's the most un tragic song you can think of see, I, I could do I, I, I think it's perfect fit for Gemma but I can't necessarily see Chesney going for it Chesney but has to no be honest, say in I any think, of this exactly I don't think Chesney has had a single say in anything nope. related to this wedding he just be like whatever you want Gemma whatever you want and if you don't, think don't take a recording of me saying that Gemma and play it back no, to I me have. by I've the way use I've it against it on my me. phone <laughs> on my phone now um, if you thought this was sad you know, a woman having being forced to dance to Agadu, knowing her <laughs> brother was about to die. Imagine, statistically speaking, that somebody on this planet must have died to the sound of Agadu. Oh my gosh! Somebody must have died hearing that as their last song. Probably. Oh. <laughs> I'm sure there's been uh, a few funerals where it's been played. Just as like well. a really. Have you got the Have you got the funeral version of Agadu? Agadu. <laughs> Push pineapple. I've got I pineapple daiquiri now. Yeah, That's think... why I don't really. Uh, it's kind of sliding off me at the moment. Well, if anybody um, thought that it was inappropriate, maybe they would have said, I could do more like, I could don't. <laughs> sorry, I was <laughs> I knew you that were going there. Oh, that wasn't funny at all, sorry. <laughs> or I, may... got, I could do, but in minor. <laughs> yeah, that is, I could don't. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't try to crack out. Let's get ready to rumble again. Which well, they tried that. No, song. they did that, didn't they? At the mm. at the um. Although, <laughs> what this is inappropriate. Uh, a, no, this is fine. As a wedding first dance song, they should have done rather than let's get ready to rumble. They have let's get ready to fumble no, before they go upstairs for the consummation. That's not appropriate for Paul. It's, do you think that Chesney and Gemma have you know? Have they consummated their marriage yet? Because they're probably feeling it. a bit down at the moment. Chesney's not been able to get it up since the quads, probably. He's so <laughs> miserable. He's probably for the best. He's probably, um, you well, know, sterilised himself. He's like, that's enough of that. <laughs> no more, you. please. Oh, we forgot to say the quads were there at the wedding, weren't they? They, they walked were. down the aisle with all their little cute outfits on, which yeah, I thought was yeah, very... Yeah, outfits later. Okay. <laughs> so they're they're Agadu in it on they're the They're Agadu and Gemma's not her heart's not in it. Normally she loves Agadu. <coughs> is this ruined Agadu for Gemma forever? Are they gonna is she gonna right, so when Paul's dead, is she gonna be after the funeral, sitting at home with her mum listening to Agadu and crying? Yeah. Remembering how sad she was. <laughs> Ugh, anyway. 
Chesney, Chesney's like, Chesney just dancing away, isn't it? And then he kind of looks at her and he's like, Chesney what's happening? Is the most massive nerd this week, wasn't he? He was like, he was like so... Oblivious. That's it. He was oblivious. and oblivious. Gormously oblivious to everything that was going on. And he was doing his little dancing where he was doing his like fishing pole dance. He's like, I know all the moves. Was it him or was it Deb doing a robot dance? I can't remember, but... Just, just at her. He's got no. He's he got up on this week. That's all I can say. Yeah, exactly. Paul tells Billy that Gemma knows about it, and there's also this exchange of like uh, between Billy and Bernie, Bernie yeah. where they kind of acknowledge. You know, Billy acknowledges like I, you Our know times now, are coming. You know, and we're. I like that. I didn't really think about any solidarity between those two, but I think they're going to need each other. I hope I we get to so. see a bit of them leaning on one another. We yeah, saw I a bit of it already, nice. but... Uh, so, um, Chesney's like, what's up, Gemma? You're not Aggie doing? <laughs> and she says, I'm just really happy. And then she sort of hugs him so that she can't. he can't see her sad face, but everyone else can see her crying. <laughs> Everyone's like, like, this is awkward. Is it because she's married Chesney? <laughs> she, she just, just realised. <laughs> 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 After the dance... Who'd have thought that it would be Gemma out of the two of them that would be the most miserable one? Yeah, ever that's ever. a good That's a good point. Like, I expected kind of frowns I expected, and, yeah, him and, to and, be da- and whatever dour. from Chesney, but, but Gemma, come on. After the dance, Paul tells Chesney that it's his fault that Gemma's in a mood because she wanted to do a duet and he he wasn't up for it. And Chesney's like, okay, glad I know the truth at last. Anyway, off to go and I could do somewhere else. Billy and Bernie watch on as um, they're all just crying. Everyone's sad. Uh, Paul and Gemma do karaoke Ain't No Mountain High Enough together. And I give them props. I give them props for actually performing it. I don't know if they can sing or not, <laughs> but they performed it like people that can't sing karaoke. They they certainly did. There was um yeah, normally, no auto tune there for Paul. Normally, all these people are just like you know stage school. Everyone can sing and play the piano backwards. I'm surprised that Dan Brockerbank wasn't like out my way. Everybody, Ain't no mountain high enough. <laughs> this is my time. Yeah. Yeah. So they yeah good good for them. Uh, so. Where are we at? They go back. They, they, they... Paul smiles and hugs yeah. his twin. But then uh, later on, Linda's completely drunk and she gives a loud apology for Bernie for nearly ruining the wedding by paying for everything, <laughs> apparently. And Bernie forgives her with a hug. Gemma and Paul are sort of looking satisfied with the day, but Gemma is worried that how she's got to tell Chesney and everybody. So we cut to... We've been acting really sad. And hoping he might pick up on it, but he's not he's noticed. He's taking the hints at all. No. So, back at home, and Chesney's obviously been told. We don't... We kind of start in listening to the conversation midway through. Yeah, there's, there were quite a few people that were told off screen this week, which... Which is fine. Sometimes I'll watch that and go, <coughs> oh, you missed a chance there. But equally, I think... Well, so, I don't we, care if Chesney gets told. We don't need to see it being see him. How, how can he look time sadder? and time again, because it's just going to be the same reaction from everyone, isn't it? Well... That's why the people that were selected were yeah. good because they had different reactions. So he's he's gutted. He's like, no, it's gutted, isn't it? <laughs> well, I've got a suit now. Oh, but it's not black. Yeah, I don't think you can wear you know lovely blue and grey and orange suits for his funeral. You probably could do. Bernie asks Paul if if she, well, she's like desperately saying, what can they do? They must be able to do something. There's no such thing as an uncurable disease. 
Uh, and he says, well, there's a drug, but it's, it's not a cure. It's something it might better give me a few more years. And Gemma's like, oh, that's good. And then Bernie says, oh, but what about alternative medicines? You need to stay positive. That's also going to help. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that they mentioned that and just kind of let's spin a crystal over it for Bernie. But also glad that she didn't go too far down that well, route. She didn't start saying, you know, let's Sinead it up. Yeah. Bernie remembers Stephen, what's his name? Everyone's favourite MND survivor. Mm. He had it for 50 years or something. And of course we're talking about Stephen Hawking. And um, <laughs> Thanks. Just in case. Not Stephen Reed, it's everybody. not Stephen King. <laughs> if he can beat the odds, then so can Paul. And they're all like, okay, that's good. I mean, yeah, that is... Um, he, he famously did live with it for so long, didn't mm. he? But it's one of those things where just a tiny bit of hope is sometimes more cruel. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad they brought out that Bernie was alternative medicine e about it. But I think she is also kind of thinking realistically. This doesn't seem this like isn't an gonna. Idea. This isn't a route that's gonna be helpful to anybody. So no. they all end up the episode with a big hug, don't they? And it was so funny because it was the Winters and Foreman on the table. And then Chesney kind the of table. at the around table, the table around the table, and then Chesney comes over from the from the sofa and kind and of goes, latches on like, "Can I join this hug?" And it literally it felt like somebody was going to say, "No, Chesney, you're not needed in this." Go no, away. they're like, "Let him hug us. We can crop him out of the picture." <laughs> that was that that scene there just summed up Chesney's contribution to oh, the whole week, isn't out. it? Like, can I be in this as well? No, <laughs> if you must, Chesney. Yeah, just attach on the side. <laughs> Wednesday. You're not been in the rest of the week. You're not been in the main one. Breakfast time at Billy's. Todd's been summoned. And he's all like joking and jovial. And Billy's like, sit down. Paul prepares to tell him and summer the news. And then we also see Joseph, who's very upset. He's just been told the news and he rushes upstairs. Joseph was surprise star of the week for me. He's not my character of the week or anything. But there are a couple of moments where Joseph really pleasantly surprised me yeah. by the old um, heartstring tugging that he was able to achieve. So good job, little one. Aww. Have a bright future. Um, Linda's getting ready to go and Chesney says, oh, can you talk to Joseph before you go? And Gemma's crying in the kitchen and Alad's there and asks her if, uh, why she's upset. And she says, I'm just tired. It's too much dancing. That was a lovely scene as well because Alad comes in and does a little bit of signing, doesn't he? Mm. And, and Gemma sort of signs back to him and, and, and speaks as well. So that was... that yeah. was lo- that, Dolly Rose Campbell was just superb all round this They week. were all I fantastic. I was they really, all... really impressed with her. Yeah. Paul talks to Bernie about getting checked to see if he's had this gene, which is one of these horrible double-edged... Yeah, so it's if you've got the gene, then it's not unlikely that your family will also have it. But on the plus side, it means that you might be receptive to having to being able to take this medicine, which they made it very clear isn't a cure for it, but could help him keep on going for a little bit longer. Yeah, so that was like, what do you hope for here? Mm. Roy finds Summer in the street, just crying. Just yeah, that I I didn't know it. That's just our, the Curry's way of saying Honestly, yes. Summer has been told, but it also spurred Roy on to writing his letters. Well, he's like, "Oh, I can see that this, uh, this medical condition is affecting this child in the same way that probably Nina will be affected yes. when she." That's it. But that's also, it. it's like, "Oh God, Summer's crying in the street. I'm just going to pretend I didn't see her <laughs> and then go the other way, <laughs> go the long way round." <laughs> Ed is at number five later. He's obviously been told now because Dee Dee's known all along, and, but now she knows the, the cat's out of the bag, so she can tell her dad. 
And I guess she, he found out from her. I can't remember. I mean, Paul might have told him. He is his kind of boss as well. He was well, his boss. Yeah, but it's not. he's not his boss in any meaning. He's a contractor. Otherwise, he would be on some kind of sick leave or something. You know what I mean? It's I not like remember. he's giving him money. Mm. I th- it, there was, it was quite quick how people found out about this, wasn't it? I was wondering whether that was going to... You know, it's all the gossip. Bit, let's keep it a secret for a longer. I don't want anybody well, else to know. It was... it was clear on Wednesday that part that Paul was relieved to finally be unburdened from the secret, mm. and he was actually quite happy that everybody knew. It's like he, it was like part of what he was suffering from was just trying to hide this from everybody and worrying that he would ruin the wedding. And yeah. it, the the one thing that I really well, one of a few things to be honest that I really enjoyed about the wedding was despite the fact that this terrible news came out of it, it did. It was still a happy occasion, and having that ain't no matter in high enough duet, having Gemma and Paul just being happy and smiley at the end of it, that that meant a lot to me, and because it, it could have just completely been a misery fest, yeah, like I was worried about. Yeah, but it, it wasn't. The overall tone of the wedding was positive. So yeah, um, they did yeah, a was, great job. Corey did a fantastic. That. I was so much. Um, better than I was hoping for. Mm. I was worried. That, yeah, like you said, it was just going to be sad. Yeah. Um, but they did. Yeah, they did a really good job, and I'm glad too because it gives me hope for the future of this storyline. And they're clearly thinking too. Like people are watching this who have got someone or they have this themselves. Mm. They don't want to be watching. Oh, great! So I'm a burden to everybody. Mm. You know. So Ed, like I said. He comes around and he says, "Look, I'm so sorry that I was going on at you about work. And if there's anything you want, what you can you can come and work and do admin or something, whatever whatever you can do." And Joseph comes down and gives uh, Paul a hug and he says he wants to help as well. Um, and then Paul and Billy go to the hospital appointment. Bernie's sorry, that is. Oh, we're in a rough area. There's motorbikes no, no, here. No, no. <laughs> Paul and Billy go to the hospital appointment, which Bernie has invited herself along to as well. And they start asking about this gene test. And they're like, well, has anyone in your family ever had this before? No? Well, then we're not going to, you know, there's no chance, really. Well, they say, he says there's practically no chance. And Bernie latches on to like, that. Practically? Doesn't it doesn't mean definitely. Mm. Um, so Paul's kind of, uh, Bernie's kind of taking the same stance that Paul did initially about this Paul seems to have made peace with the fact that he, he ain't getting this treatment but yeah. at the beginning he was like no no I can do it I can beat this uh, or not I you know I can this is going to work for me and I think that's probably quite natural reaction yeah. for if you think that there's a chance and also if you're you the want mom, to, if you're yeah the mum you're like well yeah do anything everything yeah but it was it must have been so difficult for Paul to have had to convince his mum no, I'm you really die. need to give up hope for me because you know if if you're him and he kind of realizes this isn't gonna, this ain't going to work, you don't want somebody saying you might, you might, you might. It's just going to hurt it, you even more. It is, and it's going to you know there's a worry that it's going to make you think, oh, might I? Mm. And then you just have to accept Spiral it all over again that no, it's that. not going to work. He <clears> needs to come to face with reality now. Paul, Paul says, you've got to accept this. You've got to drop everything. Nothing's going to be done. So they go back to the flat later and Gemma tells Billy that she and Chesney want him and Paul to go on their mini moon. And uh, if, I was, if I was Paul, I'd be like, thank you. But where are you going first before I accept your Is it in offer? the UK? Because it's really, really rainy this week in Weatherfield. For some reason, <laughs> even though it's beautiful weather everywhere else. Also, it's expensive to go on holiday in the UK. 
Well, I assume it's all paid for. No, I know, but... All right, okay, that's not my point. Well, they go in a van, don't they, so... So... <sighs> Billy's like, I don't know if Paul's going to go for this. So, later on in the flat, Billy and Paul have a, a sit and a hug, and Paul says, you know what, I am going to make the most of the time I have left. I, I want to go... I want to take Gemma up on our phone. I want to go on holiday and steal her honeymoon, because honestly... I think I'll be happier than Tesney would be on it. What do you yeah. know? <laughs> well, we know what happened the last time that Gemma That's and Chesney went on a camping holiday together. They got trapped in a caravan and everybody hated those episodes. So Gemma's like, don't want that to happen again. No. Someone else can take that burden from me, thank you. So, on Thursday, Paul's got this mini van thing. He's stolen it from the church. Apparently nobody's going anywhere for the next week or so on a on like to bingo nights or anything. <laughs> sorry, sorry, old dears, you've got to stay here. Um, Paul starts um, filming it and tells Summer that oh he's like that's yeah, right yeah, Paul, he was. Paul's he was... filming the, the 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 van he's like oh yeah let's have a good time he wants to want... he wants to vlog his mini moon I'm gonna film every moment so when I'm dead you can watch it is and he gonna Summer's do a like... shenade is he gonna be like filming himself and then poor old um, Billy's gonna be opening up the laptop every now and then saying oh my poor Paul Peter Ash is like my my. My agent says if I get a scene in where I film stuff, I can get, have a job for like the next 10 years. <laughs> as long as I don't age too visibly, I can record extra content anytime we, for people to watch and cry over. We did we did see a few returns of um, Katie McGlynn after yeah, Sinead popped a clog, didn't we? So, anyway, uh, so like I said, he's saying, I want to find something, uh, uh, you guys can watch it, I'm dead. And someone's not really, doesn't find this funny, but Paul's like, look... <coughs> cry later there's going to be plenty of opportunities I'm going to laugh in while I have the chance Todd comes round to the flat later and it's clear that he and Summer are plotting something and it turns out on Friday that it was just putting inflatables on, on the top, top of, of the, the car which I think given that it's now Pride Month Billy and Paul driving around with this van covered in inflatables everyone's going to start joining in the parade yeah they're probably going to find like there's some floats <laughs> following them float. down the M6 no 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 we're going on the mini moon <laughs> yeah do you think I hope that they didn't like um like they hadn't like written just married on the back of it because that would have been well no because it was originally for the the wedding wasn't it, it was were Gemma and Chesney going to be going off in that van I don't know I don't I can't know. remember but they, they should get married shouldn't they well, I don't know. They can just change the sign to say just diagnosed or something. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway, uh, Paul stumbles a little bit when he's trying to get into the van and they all try he try to help him. He's like, no, no. Why is Billy letting him carry a heavy case? That's what I want to know. I know he had his own case, but I think I'd let... I'd take everything myself. Well, I think Paul just wants to hold Do on to his independence while he still can. You know, a couple of months down the yeah, line, he wishes that him... he could be carrying heavy bags down Rotherham Street. The, why give him the, the duffel bag? Why don't give him the rolly one? <laughs> Bernie seems to um, have a beat. Well, but, but Bernie's turns to Dee Dee. She's like, can't believe he didn't tell me. You know, I'm his mum. And Dee Dee's like, mm. Well, no, Dee Dee's like, he told me not to tell anybody. Well, yeah. So I don't know whether that's kind of leading somewhere, uh, how, but there's a, there's only so much. I, I kind of hope not as well, so especially they, after Bernie. It was horrible to bit, Linda for no reason. It's yeah, like you can't she doesn't blame need, people. No, you, no. Anyway, she needs to be there to support, but Paul, not try and blame other people for things that they were in no real control of. 
Bernie and Gemma go back to number five later and Bernie's trying to do some admin for Paul. She's trying to sort out some benefit forms or something. And Gemma's like, look, you're overdoing it. You're upset. You're upset. You need to look after yourself. Paul Paul might want to do this himself. And she's like, there's no way Paul wants to spend the rest of his life on the end of a phone, which is very possible given the bureaucracy in this country. And so Gemma leaves and then Bernie just breaks down. She's crying because she's doing this to, to help Paul, but that's all she can do and she can't save him. Mm. And she's given in to the reality of the situation and... I just love Jane Hazelgrove. She's so talented. And everybody, like we said, Dolly Rose Campbell was fantastic when she was finding out. I love the dynamic of these characters too. They're so well-crafted and it was just a really well-written week. This story, this particular strand, really, really beautifully done, poignant, sad. Like you said, but uplifting too in a, in a, in a way which was unexpected for me. So I, I thought this was by far the strongest element of the week. I thought it was as well. I I would have liked there to have been, you know, the, the, the dialogue for me, the wedding dialogue felt fairly kind of by the numbers Corrie wedding stuff. I don't think there are any particular lines that really made me stop and, and resonated me with me and everything like that. But um, the on the whole, I was happy with it. And, and my, one of my main wants of going into this week was that if Bernie were to find out let's let's see Jane Hazelgrove knock it out of the park with her reaction to it and although there were a couple of stumbling blocks for Bernie with the cake fight and everything on the whole her reaction was just what I wanted and more please I, it feels like possibly is the story going to go on hiatus for a little bit now while Paul and Billy are away I mean they, they, we have seen an awful lot of them recently don't know what's going on with Stephen Reed at the moment. Is he coming up with like the the plot of a lifetime? Because we've not seen any kind of nefariousness from him for a long time. So possibly we're going to go back to that. And obviously the the trial stuff still going. Imagine on. after all but, this, then Stephen just kills Paul next week. <laughs> but no, I I think I would yeah really really impressed with with uh, with Bernie with Jane's performance this week. Dolly Rose Campbell fab, and it really helped remind me about all the good stuff we used to love about Gemma. Yes. And I think the timing is working well for her character because when Ian McLeod first came into Coronation Street, it was Gemma and Chez City all the time, wasn't it? It felt like that. And everyone complained about the oversaturation of Gemma and everything, almost as if Ian McLeod... And he's been working on Coronation Street for donkey's years. He's, he didn't just pop up and say, hello, I'm new, I'm the new producer. He, he's known Corey, But it felt a little bit like he was like, oh, Gemma's a popular character, let's put her in everything. But people were sick of it. But in the last couple of years, we've not seen very much of them. And I think that that downtime for the characters has been good for this story. Because if all of this had been happening latched straight on to all of the the quad stuff and the the fresh go four and everything i don't think people would have had the same um reaction reaction and the same support for the the characters as it feels like that they have now um there's obviously going to be lots of viewers still that still can't stand Gemma and think she's a you know loud mouth chavvy eat with a mouth open kind of uncouth whatever you want to call her but yeah, I, I think that she was she was great this week. And um and that wedding dress, that was just that was perfect, wasn't it? Well we always knew that Gemma was gonna be wearing something outrageous, didn't we? 
I never expected anything like that, though. We, we saw the first pictures of it a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't know what to expect, but it just blew all my expectations out of the water. And in, in, its, in its horribleness, it's just brilliant and wonderful. It's like one of the best Coronation Street wedding dresses ever. Yes, it's it's one of the most memorable, definitely. So it had a, um, it was two meters wide because it was just it's yeah bright orange and it's got a under under uh, what's it called whatever crinoline or something to make it two meters wide and there's also a two meter long train. No, seven meter long. Seven, train. sorry, seven meter long train. But they've got a shorter one and a longer one, don't they? So that Sam Aston could actually stand next <laughs> to Dolly Rose Campbell at some point. And there's 125 metres of fairy lights inside of it. It took seven days to sew all this in. <laughs> that is it. Tell you what, she's been working really hard on this, hasn't she? This is the the one slight problem that I have with it. As outrageously amazing as the dress was, did it feel like it was a bit too much? Would would would, would Izzy realistically have been able to make this? Do we have to suspend our disbelief here? She works in a factory and they make professionally designed clothes. So I think that she has the skill, but time, not sure. Mm. Don't worry about it. It wasn't really made by Izzy. It was designed by Licorice Black, who is a Manchester-based drag queen. Yes. And uh, there was a mutual friend of theirs and Dolly's and Mm. uh, they were saying, you know, Corey's interested and... uh, Licorice Black was like, I, I don't, I'm not sure about this. And then Dolly contacted them directly, and there was a meeting, and the, the costume and Dolly were involved. And eventually, Licorice Black was like, okay, gonna go and watch about Gemma on YouTube, and uh, boned up on it, and then came up with some ideas. And uh, apparently, this is a quote: we threw away, we kind of threw around some ideas, and we all agreed that orange was the way to go. It's a bold colour, and it will really stand out, and it'll work for the character with Chesney, obviously. <laughs> He's a ginger, did you notice? <laughs> the, the the wedding, like the official wedding photos that Coronation Street have released with the family, just it just looks lovely, doesn't it? They look, and yeah, great. If you say to say to anyone, it's an orange wedding dress, you're just going to think, what on earth? That's horrible. But it looked well, you absolutely might. amazing, and it did fit nicely with the orange tones of Chesney's barnet and some of the little quads are a bit gingery as well aren't they and it's and it was just like the orange and the blues it looked absolutely lovely I can't you know if, if that had been your wedding dress if I turned around in the church and you'd be walking down the aisle of that I'd be like mm, I'm not too sure about that but the the actual f- for Gemma it was perfect and the lights were just brilliant as well I like I'd, that <clears throat> I that didn't realise cool and cute yeah, I didn't realise that they were going to flash. I'd seen pictures of it beforehand already like lit up, but when Gemma pressed the button and they started flicking on and off like a Christmas tree, I was I just thought that this is absolutely perfect. Um, well, it's one of those things where there's nothing more endearing and charismatic than somebody just being themselves in a totally unashamed way. Yeah. And I liked that fact that Gemma had that moment of just like so proud of herself and her little well not a little it's a massive dress I thought I'm glad that she got what she wanted it was adorable she looked so very cute and um you know she's a fantastic actress the smile on her face looked completely genuine mm. uh it's the same that the uh Paul ruined her <laughs> apparently Dolly had a lot of say in the design of this dress as well which I think was oh. was needed um 
yeah, I, I loved it. And uh, apparently they were going to be, um, it's going to be on show at the uh, the Coronation Street exhibit at the uh, the tour. So if anyone's going to remember that. The, Coron- the Coronation Street Experience. The Coronation, sorry, the Coronation Street Experience, which is opening next weekend. If you crop along there, you'll be able to see this wedding dress in the flesh. So that's pretty cool. Um, along with all the various other I props. I do like looking at there. wedding dresses. Yeah. I just, I think wedding, I think the thing about wedding dresses is that it's a chance for the, the um, costume department to really show off the character in mm. it, it, it's um it's obviously an important part of many people's lives um but like if you think over the years about all the the different dresses they've always just been like i think i'm thinking of was it um i forgot the name of the character was you it linda? linda and her grapes and her grapes she's like what's sophisticated what's cool Grapes, wine. I'm posh. I'm rich. I'm marrying a rich guy. I want grapes all over me, yeah. like Romans. Linda Baldwin. Yeah, and um, you know Becky with a um a big pink, big pink fairy dress. dress, and yeah. uh, even like uh, Claire at Christmas, Claire Peacock. Oh yeah, yeah, with a fluffy hood. With her Beauty and the Beast style, cute little cape. Mm. I I think yeah, I love I love seeing what Corrie comes up with, and I think that it's really nice to hear. That different people were involved in p- putting this together, including Gemma and yeah. Um, yeah, the, the the whole overall look of the wedding was just just lovely. Like you said, church fantastic. I was just a little disappointed in the the low turnout at the church. I mean, we'd just seen I can't remember who it was. Has it been on Classic Curry or something else we watched? But some older Coronation Street weddings, literally, everyone, everyone. everybody was there, packed in all. Whether they were close to the characters or not, they would just get everybody in there, plus all the extras and everything. And here we had we had some characters. We had like Asher and Ardy were there for whatever reason. Uh, Tyrone was there. Ruby and Hope were there. Still, still got the same old Ruby. Um, it felt like it would have been nice to have shoved more people in. But I know that the, we've talked to Coronation Street actors in the past who've said that they hate filming wedding scenes. So maybe they just all, I know they couldn't have refused to Because it's uncomfortable but... and boring and yeah. normally cold or hot. Or yeah. It, ju- it just fun. felt a little bit empty. Um, and, and like I said, it was a shame that they there was no way of them being able to get Fizz or Scylla. Or even, don't forget, they do have another brother. He Billy, does. Chesney and, and Fizz. They've got their th- their extra brother Billy Brown, who is in the navy or something like that, and he's appeared once for um, Chesney as uh, for Scylla and Les's wedding. And I think he's been retconned out of the show. Who's the other brother of Debbie and Kevin? Oh, Carl Webster. Maybe they all have their own show. Maybe. And they're like, oh, you know, this show is very drama free. Nobody watches it because we're just sensible and mm. nothing bad ever happens here. Yeah. So anyway, that was that was the wedding. Generally good stuff. I'm glad that it wasn't wall-to-wall misery and they were able to turn it around and have some positivity. We're going to have, I would say, a much-needed break from this story now, I assume, while while uh, Paul swans around his mankini on the beach or wherever it is. I hope that we get some kind of uh, photograph montage of them enjoying oh themselves. My... The, the, Not the, with the mankini. That thing with the mankini, I was like... I can see how it would get into a script, but... Can we really picture that the sort of thing that Paul wants to wear? I don't think it's really his thing. No, I, I, I it feels like it's just thrown in for a laugh. 
but I don't know. Right. I don't know. But anyway. So I think we've uh, done that one to death. Now. We have, we have. So Sorry, don't Paul. say death. <laughs> it's a very sensitive Sorry, topic. Right, the Justin case then. So this did go through the whole of the week, but like we said earlier, it really didn't start to kick in until the second half because there was lots of dilly-dallying about who's going to be turning up. And we only got a couple of scenes on Monday, which was... Um, At least with the wedding, there, had a decency to get the scene over and done with within like a minute. Who's coming and who isn't? Yeah. Well, Whereas this was the whole week. <laughs> um, we, we had a little bit of Daisy at the beginning of the episode saying, oh, I'm too sad about the trial to go along to the wedding. And Gemma, uh, sorry, like Jenny and Rita you. there and saying, well, it's not stopping us from going. Bye. See you later. Uh, and I suppose that the, the catalyst for things starting to go a little bit wrong on with this whole storyline on Monday it was Karen turning up, um, Karen, uh, Justin's sister. Um, and she's come back for the trial and she, she at this point is saying, well, look, I hope that Justin gets what he needs. I hope She's kind of saying, I hope he goes down for it and gets the help that she knows he needs because she does want to support him, doesn't she? Yes. But she also realises that if he's a bit nutty, he needs to get you a, can't little say bit that. Of, a bit of help. So um, Tuesday, we see Daniel and Daisy. Tuesday's episode very much felt like here's the second half of Monday's episode, didn't it? Yes. It wasn't... It didn't feel like five individual episodes. And I think that's another thing, thinking back on it, that made this week's not feel as Britain's Got Talent-y as it could have done. It was like, well, here's some episodes that we just kind of sliced up a little bit differently. But anyway, so that that carries on um, basically from where it, where, it le- where it left off on Mondays. And what that means is Daniel and Daisy sort of having a bit of a chat about why Karen's turned up and he's like mega suspicious of her. And I Karen... can't hear the word Karen in conjunction with Coronation Street and not think of Steve if Karen McDonald. This is a different Karen. This I know. is a 20 years Just later Just imagine her Scottish getting involved Karen. in this storyline. You're like, <laughs> oh no, Steve, where's Steve? Why is there scaffolding outside the house? <laughs> I can't believe that bloody scaffolding has survived the week. I know. Honestly, it's the, it's the one thing that's come out completely unscathed everyone else is damaged broken sad scaffolding is like standing strong i will Uh, never leave so karen talks to them about the most anticipated except 2023 (laughs) karen's talking to them about feeling like she's kind of responsible for justin's behavior and everything maybe if she'd been a better sister she could have stopped him but then carla and ryan come into the pub and karen sees the scars on Ryan's face and she's like oh my gosh this is all down to my brother and Karen's getting really uncomfortable with Karen staring at him Karen, I can't, can't, Ryan is yeah Ryan is. I said. didn't I say no, that no. oh sorry Ryan's really uncomfortable with Karen staring at him and Daisy because he doesn't know who she is and it, according to Ryan who's been worried about people staring at yeah, him and not quite person. used to it yet so Daisy has to say look this, well, this no, is Justin's like, sister well he's it's, it, she probably thought it makes more sense. It would make more sense and be less sad for him to know that she's not looking at you in horror. No. And and like wonderment, she's looking at you with, um, like almost what's the word, guilt because yeah. it's her brother that's done this to you. Yeah. Well, Carla, when she's found out who this Karen is, is really not impressed, and she starts she just kind of yeah. slagging off Daisy, this doesn't was she? Out of nowhere. Yeah. Th- this. This there was, was a real kind needed. of turn against Daisy this week from various characters and also me by the end of the week. Well, also the writers. Yeah. But yeah, this was needed for them to establish a motive for the defence to use 
against Daisy. Yeah. So basically, Carla happened. starts saying, "Oh, Daisy, you're such a slapper. You're leading men up the garden path and everything." And and, and Ryan agrees with this. And... Oh, Ryan suddenly out of nowhere is like, "Yeah." Well, if not necessarily well, out okay, of nowhere, yeah. because he'd overheard her saying that thing about him That's last true, week, so right. he hadn't completely kind of forgiven her for that. But as it was happening, I was thinking, "Oh, I don't, I don't need this. I." I just go to court, everybody. And, and this, to me, was <laughs> a bit of a disappointment because it dragged things on and, and held things back a little bit just for the drama unnecessarily because I, I did kind of think for most of the week, we all know Ryan's going to go along. He's going to be up there. So anyway, um, he, he storms out um, with, with Daniel kind of shouting a load of abuse about uh, at him um, for, for having a go at Daisy. So Daisy shows up at Ryan's flat later, but Carla isn't feeling particularly hospitable and says, look, Ryan's feeling really vulnerable right now. You need to stay away from him, lady. And Daisy's like, yes, but he needs to come to the trial. Is he going to be there? I'm kind of really relying on him, so it's two against one. And Carly's like, Carla <coughs> says, look, he's going to be there. Don't worry, but do not need you. Bog off, Daisy. So she goes back to number one and tells Daniel everything that's happened. And he says, look, I know it's looking rough for you at the moment, but I will be with you every step of the way. Dan- oh, good. Daniel doesn't seem to have... Like Chesney... Yeah, he's a superfluous. Barely, yeah, it's unneeded like at the moment, this week. can't deal with more than, like, three or four characters in a story. Yeah, he's... Ever since the acid attack and the, and the wedding that never happened for them, Daniel's really been a background character. And he's it's got been marking. An awful... Yeah, that's true. It's been an awful lot about um, Ryan and Daisy. But anyway, um, she's like, oh, I don't deserve you, Daniel. Um, and he's, this is when he asked her about what Carla had said about um, her being, res- Daisy being responsible for Ryan and Alia splitting up. And th- I can't remember because I was kind of typing notes at the time, but did you get the impression that from that that Daniel didn't know about that? Because I would have thought that that would have probably come up in conversation or something wow. in the time that he's known her. Or that Alia would have made a, a narky comment well, about it. or he claims he doesn't know. Well, but yeah, he, he accepts this. Yeah, he says, look, as long as we can be honest with each other, hashtag no more secrets, and they have a nice little kiss well, at the end this, of the episode. And that's not the only a... kiss and Daisy's is going to be doing this week. Mm. This wasn't hashtag no more secrets because this literally, they don't have any other secrets. Uh, no, Until Friday. Yes. <laughs> so, Wednesday... The trial is ready to be kicking off. Daisy's still getting the jitters about it. What if Justin gets away with it? Daniel says, look, there is absolutely no way that Justin's going to be getting away with this. Well, it felt very much like a slam dunk, didn't it? <laughs> well, surely. I mean, we... I don't I, understand I was actually, this. you know, on Friday's episode when the, um, the defence was grilling Ryan, I was quite impressed with how they managed to be somewhat convincing in the face of... You know, two characters saying we were there when this happened. It happened to me. Yet they were the defense was still able to make out that maybe Ryan did it to himself. I don't understand. But, I, I don't understand. Like, is this realistic? I don't know. Right? But but I remember when you were talking to me when you you were on the jury once, weren't you? Yeah. And you were talking to me my, after my time. after it happened. Everybody afterwards. Because you wouldn't tell me at the time, and it drove me nuts. <laughs> but afterwards, you were saying to me like, you had to, you had to agree that without a shadow of a doubt, basically, with no reasonable doubt, yeah. that this person did the crime that they're being accused of. And I was, and as you were sort of laying out the the various pieces of evidence, I was thinking, there's no way you could ever prove anyone's ever done anything. I know but you literally like, need you to need... have 
video yeah, footage. Yeah, but even these days, it'd be like, well, what, who's photoshopped this? Is this computer generated? You could you could do fake anything. Mm. I've seen lots of calls on um, social media this week for Jenny to get CCTV installed in the Rovers. I think maybe now is the time. I, you know, it's the thing with CCTV on Coronation Street, though, as soon as you put it up somewhere, then it limits stories. And sometimes yeah, they'll like have, all oh, the CCTV's not working because that's convenient for the story. Or, oh, there is CCTV because that's convenient for the story. Then just most of the rest of the time, just it's just not it. mentioned this thing that is a fairly commonplace like, <laughs> security like in measure. Horror movies, in horror movies, there always has to be a scene when they do found footage where they're like, why are you filming everything? Because I just feel like I have to. Or, I can't get any signal on my phone. Don't worry, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. It's always American. <laughs> well, I'm still wondering whether... I'm absolutely convinced that there's going to be something with Justin in this scaffolding. And of course, they may not have CCTV in the Rovers, but they do have Steve's video doorbell. And I... may Maybe, you know, maybe there is footage of Jake... Uh, Jacob? Jake... What's his name? Justin. <laughs> Justin. <laughs> Justin walking past number one with, with a big bottle that says acid or a skull and crossbones yeah. on the or side. Or he's got the or glass something. and he's going, whoop, whoop, better not drop this acid on myself. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Oh, damn. Justin, stop speaking aloud. Okay, I'll stop doing it. I don't Justin. know. But anyway, I'm convinced there's going to be something that Honestly, happens, so. this, this drove me nuts because with this really... Okay, we'll, we'll get to we'll it. Get to it, it when we get to it just feels so crazy that you have two people going, like, literally, this guy did it. Here's all the evidence of why he would have done it. Here's his motivation. Yeah. And the, and the defence lawyers were like, but, but what if it was you that did it? And I was like, yeah, what if it was him that I did know, it? I know. Anyway, so getting back to Wednesday. So <laughs> Ryan's texting Crystal about it being oh, court day. And real. he asked Carla, I know, not real, not real. Ask Carla to go to court to listen to the opening statement so he knows what he's up against. Cheating. And he's like saying, oh, I don't know whether I'm going or not. And when he goes out of the flat, he sees Karen. And she tells him, look, I'm, I'm really, really sorry, but I've passed on what I heard about Daisy leading men on to Justin's lawyers. I need to get him off if he could be innocent. So like, she's had a massive um, 180, hasn't she? She was on Monday like saying, yeah, get him sent down. He needs the help and everything. But she's now thinking... Maybe he didn't do it. Oh, but she must know. And watching her on the trial episode tonight, you can, the look in her face is like, oh, you know he did it. Because she's, she just cares about him. She doesn't care about anybody else. And mm. I mean, honestly, Justin, I, I'm assuming, I don't know, you know, I don't know about the psychology of this, but he's obviously got a, a mental illness that makes it impossible for him to understand that his is unwanted attention. Mm. Is prison going to help him? I mean, there's a completely different conversation to be had about should that be the purpose of prison? Some people think it shouldn't be. It should just be about punishment. But if you want a functioning, happy society, you kind of need to address some of the issues that have led to people being in prison. Yeah. And I don't think for for Justin's mental health, that it is a good place, but equally, I don't think that that's her pro- her main priority here for for trying to get him out. He's not. She's not like he's. If she was saying, "Please help me, stop. I don't want Justin to go to prison because I want to check him into a mental health facility." Is she? She's like going, "Oh, Daisy, I'm sure that but, but Daisy's would... a slapper, so." <laughs> I'm sure that there would be some kind of psychiatric help offered to 
to just an in-prison. Okay, I would like to think I'm not so. trying to bash prison, but they don't have the resources. Mm. I don't believe for a minute they've got the resources to address the issue know. behind what he's... Oh, you think? I don't know, I don't know. I think I think there's a lot of people that work for the prison service that would love that to be true. Mm. Okay, anyway, um, so back to this. The court case is finally kind of underway-ish. Um, midway through Wednesday's episode at last and Daisy's briefs talking like doing the introductory statements and everything and saying oh it was uh, this is all the, the court's fault they didn't grant Daisy a stalking protection order back when she needed one earlier this year that's what led to Ryan getting the acid on his face and and as this is going on we kind of see little cuts to the different characters that are, and all that you know how they they're feeling at the time Ryan's panicking on the sofa at home and stuff I just, I just want to quickly say something. I've seen a lot of people criticising this story and Amy's storyline on Twitter, especially saying that this is a like Coronation Street is treating victims awfully and it's it's terrible and um, it's irresponsible and it's sickening to watch people being not believed and stuff. I just want to point out that this is not Coronation Street doing this to characters. This is them reflecting the reality of the situation. And I, I am completely sure that if this was a real case... Daisy's name and personality and um, actions would have been dragged through the mud as much as they have been here. It is Justin's lawyer's job to go through and say, this is why this person, this is why my client shouldn't be found guilty because of this, you know. And in, that's, I'm sorry, but that's how the system works and it's awful. And I think that victims should be treated better than they are. But Coronation Street shining a light on this and talking about this is not the problem uh, it, they're, they're showing you what the problem is and that's a complete difference it did feel still and this is moving on to Thursdays now I suppose a little bit that there was a bit too much of a focus on your honour Daisy is a slag but that's what would happen what actually happened on the day I know of I think the, the court attack. case would have had a lot more actually talking about what really happened but I suppose it's a case like maybe it, they it, showed maybe we're to believe that all of that and Daisy's of account of the morning happened off screen because we don't need to see her talking about We've it and then Ryan happened. talking about it yeah. yeah I'm just I'm just pointing out that the the system treats victims in a very shoddy way and a woman who's a victim of a crime like stalking would have this treatment. Well, we've, we've seen the stats about the rape and stalking about how few convictions are actually, or how, how few cases yeah. or charges or whatever are actually and how much to convictions people have to end. fight to get to get yeah. taken seriously. So I, I'm completely on Corey's side here. I find it frustrating that people are blaming Coronation Street for shining a light on a problem. Like, why are you blaming Coronation Street for showing you what the reality is? I think, I mean, yes, it's reality, but I think it's also a a dramatised version of reality somewhat as well. I'm telling you. I I think that a lot of women who've had this experience would say this is not at all anything unlike what I've gone through. I don't know. You're probably right. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's all you wanted me to say, isn't it? Yeah, that shuts me up. If you ever want me to shut up, just go, I don't know, but you're probably right. And I'll be like, yes, I rest my the case. The is done. No more questions. <laughs> <laughs> so Justin's brief then stands up and she's urging the jury to judge only by the evidence that they hear in court this week. Everything that's else hard, is here. So. literally, what do you mean? There's no evidence then, is None there? None of you are Coronation Street fans, are you? Because if you watch that episode and that right. happened, don't. 
don't, don't take Judge, that, 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 that you know, Your influence Honor, your decision. I'm making a motion to remove the episodes of Coronation Street broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> take them off ITV Hub yeah, for this week, remove please. Remove them, strike them from YouTube. <laughs> um, so Carla's up in the in the viewing gallery or whatever it's called, public, what's it called? The place where um, Blanche used to sit there. and uh, yeah. Um, she, she and Jenny are there and... Um, Carla's explaining to Jenny that because they didn't grant the protection order, they're going to use that as evidence that actually Daisy didn't need it, so Justin's behaviour wasn't actually too bad. Well, this and is it means clever. they're only going to be able to judge the evidence that is presented in court Well, this, this is week. clever. This is exactly what the job of the defence... Yeah, she's I mean, a good It's job. just a bloody shame that she's better than the seemingly the prosecution. <laughs> I did appreciate that the both of the... The lawyers on both sides were um, not characters on Coronation Street because as fun as it is yeah, to yeah, have, know you, you know, Imran there or say, Adam or Dee Dee or whatever. I know. Actually, having like um, the the prosecution, the the guy, he he was he had the gravitas. Uh, not not that the other characters didn't, uh, but as somebody who is completely removed from it, he to me felt like a very very convincing not that I know anything about it because I've only <laughs> very rarely been to court in my life he felt like he was <laughs> absolutely like a serious and yeah, I removed know, I know, I understand no what personal connection I was, and I like that you were saying that but as you started talking I was thinking oh but I missed the days when it would have been Imran I know and he would have gone, gone and had a little chat with Daisy and we have gone listen Daisy I'm doing my best here but we really need to get Ryan in because his testimony is going to be crucial for turning the, the, the case and then you know maybe you would have kicked <coughs> maybe you might have kicked Karen in the head or something like that. <laughs> so um, Daryl uh, Carla's also getting worried at this point about where Ryan is she texts him are you in court yet yeah, nope he's in this flat with his headphones on rocking back and forth um, probably listen to country music. <laughs> that <was a> secret, <laughs> he's, he's secret like, love. I really don't like this. I don't know how to tell her. <laughs> um, so then we cut back to the court again, and there's a bit of a to do because of the fact that Ryan hasn't turned up there. And Daisy's brief is granted a recess while they try and get hold of him. And Justin is starting to look pretty smug right now. This actor, going his way. What's his name? Andrew Steele. Andrew Steele is still. Still. Still, not still. Steele. Sorry, still. Andrew Steele is so good at this role. Just the little the little mini smirk. But he's got all the different facets of this character. Like he he can do snivelly, he can do cowardly, he can do imperious, he can be smug, he can he he's just got this Yeah, he he's just so insufferable and you wanna strangle him. But he can also seem pitiful and and tragic, can't he? Mm. He's fan- I think he's great. Only he could enunciate more clearly when he says what year the character was born in. Well, and he'd be perfect. We'll still never know when <laughs> like, old they, they, they are. No, Later on, Daisy's at Ryan's house. She's been like, what the hell are you doing? Get yourself to court, mister. Karen's passing on gossip about us and everything that happens shouldn't change anything. And Ryan says, well, it does. Daisy, you are a manipulative cow. You lie, you cheat like it's nothing. And now Mm. I'm going to have to go and lie in court and say you're not. And she says, look, I'm not like that anymore. I've changed. Okay. (laughs) I would never do anything like kiss somebody else's boyfriend when I or they are um, engaged or uh, to somebody else. No way. I would never complicate things for no reason on a personal level. And he's like, and he points up to his scars and says, I got this for standing up to you before. I've done enough to help you. you. Yes. For you. 
Correct. So Thursday, um, by this point in the week, I was thinking, where's the fancy editing? Where's all the blurriness or the the, the flashbacky things? Is no one going things? to react to anything? Not that I enjoy them, but where are they? Surely this is the right week to it. And there we go. It's fresh into Thursday's episode. We get an unnecessary fade in to Daisy hyperventilating in the back room of the Rovers about going in back to court today. And Daniel and Jenny are there trying to calm her down. Daniel goes around Carla's flat and says, look, we can't let Justin get away with this. You need to, Ryan needs to get to court today. And Ryland's like, oh, I don't really want to. I said Ryland then, Ryan. And um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I can't go to court today. Um, he really wishes that he Thanks, hadn't. Alan Carr. No, no, that was a bit Alan Carr. Has anybody was... else seen the. <laughs> we watched the <laughs> Alan Carr program on ITV. Swapping, swapping sides. Swapping sides or something. Back of the net, swapping nets. We, 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 we very rarely ever start new TV shows. Oh, yeah, but we saw was... an advert for this new Alan Carr biography where. It's a bit like young Sheldon, isn't it? Yeah. Except that it's young Alan Carr, but old Alan Carr's there. It's kind of like that between cross between that and Jojo Rabbit. It's it's very good. Anyway, um, I digress. So um, I've lost my Changing ends, it's, it's called. Oh, thank you. So um, Daisy, Daisy just tries one more go at persuading Ryan, and Carla's like, right, you said your peaks, misses. Off you go. So um, after a few last-minute breathing exercises, exercises, breathing exercisms. <laughs> And encouragement from Glenda, just so that she's got some lines this week. Daisy gets in the car and goes, and Ryan watches on from his from his bedroom window. She going, sees Ooh. him. Yes, yeah. Peeking so, out at her like the Phantom of the Opera. Then we cut to Justin. Oh well, yeah, he, he's, he's a bit, actually, isn't yeah. he? Um, Justin's <laughs> in his cell. I don't know the story of Phantom of the Opera. Did he have an acid attack? Um, it was actually exactly the same as this. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was also set in Weatherfield, <laughs> which is weird. You would think that they wouldn't be able to use Weatherfield again. Um, Coronation so Street after it was Justin. Justin's in there or with his brief. It was Phantom of the Opera based on Coronation Street. It's hard to say. <laughs> um, she's feeling quite positive about how things are going to go for her client today because Ryan's still not turned up. And she says, look, you just... The most important thing... And, and this does turn out to be quite important on Friday, <laughs> is important. that you stay calm and don't get riled up if you're antagonised. Yeah, and don't threaten people with violence. Don't threaten to throw acid. I'm not taking any acid into there, are you? Don't do that again. So wink, Daisy, wink. Daisy and Daniel are waiting at the courtroom. Daniel says, look, maybe just try texting Ryan as Crystal to say... Why don't you go along to court? And Daisy's like, oh, but you said we didn't need Crystal anymore. And I was um, like, just shut up, just ignore everything I'm I'm clearly, I'm clearly rubbish at advice. Anyway, and then we had a really bizarre bit where she gets called into court, and then it's the advert break. But after the break, it's Daniel being questioned. Oh, like, I didn't notice that. That was weird. I did it notice was... her like it was like a bit where you get in a computer game and you pause it at a weird moment because it. The the, uh, the advert break was her standing in front of a sign that was like, this way to the court, but this way to the exit. And she's like, which one? Which one should I pick? Well, I think it would have worked better if that had been Daniel there, because the sign also said Clark's Court or something, or Clark's Office, and there was no apostrophe in that. And, like, well, and Daniel should have been like, oh, do I go into the I court or do I make a fuss about the missing apostrophe on this sign? I'm it torn here. Surely gr- grammar counts in law. <laughs> If we don't have grammar, what do we have? What maybe he's you know, hoping to to bring that up? Like I don't try. If Your Honor, who knows how I move for a mistrial? You don't even know how to use apostrophes in this place. This how can we sham. trust you to? Well, this is like those um, sovereign citizens who like think that they 
don't have to follow the laws because of some weird grammatical mischief that they make with statutes and things. Anyway, anyway, so Daniel's Daniel's there for whatever reason it's him being questioned and he talks about Justin stalking and the jury's got printouts of the text exchanges between them and everything and and, and Daisy's brief reads out a sample of it and it looks pretty damning for, for Justin because yeah. Jay-Z makes it very clear Leave in these alone. text messages that he needs to bog off and Karen's starting to look very uncomfortable hearing all this. Then he brings up the acid attack and the defence lady is like well, you weren't there, were you, Daniel? So you don't, we can't really talk about this. And he, But you can remember that time that um, the, the exchange between Daisy and Justin in Victoria Gardens that Ooh, one time. Oh, yeah, that's a bit, so a bit awkward. So let's talk uh, a little bit about that. Uh-oh. Um, so they, they, uh, what happens there? Oh, yeah, that's when Carla then turns up and, and uh, to the court and there's a little bit of, oh, oh I was in court once. Do you remember Frank Foster? Hang on, Is that on. a Britain's Got Talent Week thing? It might have been. This was when Daisy's sitting in a chair in the yeah. foyer somewhere. Waiting like, for Ryan to turn Contemplating up. the fact that she doesn't want to go into court. Yeah. And Carla turns up and says, I went to court once. Yeah, I went to court once. Might I didn't. I was it. nervous about giving evidence about Frank Foster when he raped me. And it, actually, you walked free. But I'm sure I'll be fine <laughs> Basically, that was well, the gist of it. she's basically kind of saying, I'm glad I did it. Yeah, exactly. exactly. It, it, I would have it, regretted it, felt, it if I hadn't done it. Felt a bit a bit of a weak argument, given the circumstances. Yeah. So Daniel is still being questioned. She's and... she's she's saying, she says to, Carla says to Daisy, yeah, so Justin's sister's turned up. Where's his mum? And how <laughs> angry is she? Is she, is she... Oh, yeah. Has she got a weapon or a vendetta or... A stake in the factory, maybe? Actually, no. It's, she's dead, isn't she? Who? Justin's mum. That was the whole thing well, then, that started this well, whole to Justin's do. Well, then Justin's going to be fine. Yeah. Anyway. Because Frank Foster Frank was Foster killed, was by, killed his by his mum. Yeah, but Justin's mum's already dead. So. Well, Carla's like, I'm afraid this is one one villain that you'll never be able to vanquish. Mm-hmm. So um, Daniel's still being questioned by the defence, and he's saying he's having to try and defend... The Daisy and deny the fact that she is highly strung and easily triggered, and that seems to be the the thrust of the defence briefs. Um, well, she's undermining the argument, she? yeah, for the motivation for why he did the crime. Yeah. So she's she's attacking that aspect of he wasn't really a stalker; it's just Daisy's not got a sense of humour. Yeah. She also tries to say, oh, they, they talk about that time that Justin let himself in through the back door. And she's saying, oh, you know, you weren't there again, were you? So you can't talk with any authority about that. As far as we know, maybe Daisy let Justin in. And she was just, you know, and, and maybe you got angry about that. And um, Maybe you're not even real. Have you thought about it? Maybe you're a character. On a so it's, it's not looking too great for Daniel there. Um, then it's Daisy's turn. And she's, you know, after this difficult time that Daniel's had, she's very nervous about being questioned. And she talks about her story with her and uh, Justin, how persistent he's been and everything, how the police and the courts did nothing. Um, She talks a bit about the acid-throwing scene, but not a whole lot as far as I remember. And Because the defence lady really just wants to concentrate on what a manipulative cow she is and um, how she... She, she, because she's on social media where she's been posting about how she's living her best life and everything, but now here she's claiming that she's been going through hell, does that make her a bit two-faced and can we not believe anything that you talk about? 
as in like, you know, are you the sort of person to give mixed messages? Have you been giving mixed messages to, to Justin? And Daisy's like, no, no, no. I was like really, really clear about it. She brings up the Alia and Ryan thing and Daisy has got, hasn't got a leg to stand on. Yes, I did split up Alia and Ryan. So basically, by the time she comes off the stand, she's just been made out to be a little bit flaky. Daisy's like, but I, I've changed since then. And they're like, really? You've changed since then? So what do you think What do you think has changed? Well, I've just matured a bit more. Oh, sorry. Are there new writers on Coronation Street? No, it's all the same ones. Oh, it must be a new producer then. No, it's still the same producer. So what you're trying to tell me is that you're a different character, but it's still the same production staff? I don't believe you, Daisy. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but so... I've become more popular, so they've tried to make my character nicer. <laughs> mm, I don't think so. Um, yeah, so it's, it's not looking good for her. Although lots of people, I would say quite rightly, pointed out that the line of questioning about, you know, what sort of person is Daisy doesn't matter two jots at the end if they've got two witnesses that say that they saw Justin throwing acid over Ryan's face. Yeah, no, I think the point here is, are these people reliable? Yeah. Yeah, so... This is what we... This this becomes clearer on Friday, but as I was watching on Thursday, I was thinking, why are they not... Isn't... um, Their job is not to figure out what sort of person Daisy is. Oh, it's to find out what happened on the day. You poor naive man. I know, maybe I this am. Is, this is the, like, I'm always saying this, but as a woman, I think it feels very realistic to have your personality called into question if you say anything. Whatever you say, the, it, everyone's like, but what's the context? What's the context? What kind of person are you? How can we undermine your character by twisting everything you say and and believe in. I think it's totally... It's not just... I mean, this is a cultural thing, but it's also a part of the core. Like, I I said this before on the podcast loads of times, when I was watching the trial, there was a witness and he had seen something to do with this murder trial that I was um, in the journalist bit for. Oh, yeah, you talk about that quite recently. I know I did, yeah, but this is a separate bit. So the, the witness on the tri- uh, on the case, he was just an old man who happened to see somebody going somewhere at a certain crucial point for the the timing of the crime, and they eviscerated timing this man. Timing of the crime. Timing of the crime. They eviscerated this man, and he was just a, he was just a guy that happened to be standing there while something happened mm. and reported it to the police. But they were going, but in your witness statement, you said this, but now on the stand, you're saying that. How can we believe either of these things are true when you don't even remember what happened? Mm. And he was saying, but whatever I wrote down, whatever I said in the witness statement is going to be correct. And now I'm remembering it differently. But what I wrote down is right. And she's like, well, pick one, Mm. you know, you you totally. And I remember when we walked out of the, um, during recess, walking past this man and he was just devastated. And this was just a man who wasn't even on trial himself. Mm. I mean, I know Daisy's not on trial, but in, you know, in a very real sense, she is, isn't she? Because she's being called into question. Yeah. But this guy was just, you know, completely removed from the entire thing, and he was treated terribly. And he, and this was real life. So, mm. what would they do to Daisy? Mm. I, I, I find this very realistic. 
As somebody who's seen one one trial once. <laughs> so Friday, you're an expert. I am an expert, and I am an expert in lots of things because I've seen lots of things once. That's how that's how you did so quick in that Coronation Street quiz earlier in the episode because yeah. you see more than one occurring. Exactly. So Friday, then it's Ryan on the stand. Oh, sorry, I forgot to say at the end of Thursday's episode, Friday turn up. Uh, Ryan turns up. Who'd have thunk it? So Friday's episode starts with him recounting the day. Hang on, he's in. He's in the. Yeah. He witness. He's in the stand. He's, yeah. he's, he's you know, he's, he's in the spotlight. He's And he's looking very anxious about this whole thing. Daisy, who's, who's now been finished with, joins Jenny in the gallery. And Ryan talks about what happened on the day. And he says, yeah, I, I remember seeing the glass and Justin was holding it a little bit like he had to be careful. This was great, this scene. Mm. It, and it is interesting that, no, why did Ryan know to jump out just in time? It's well, he like, explains it. Yeah, and I don't know whether this had been made really clear up to this point or whether it was just, well, it was Ryan for dramatic effect because everybody thought watching this episode that Daisy was going to be doused in acid, but aha, it's actually Ryan that's going down that route. But yeah, he says that he just looked like he was holding it a little bit funny. And and it also, he, he says it looked like, because when Justin said, oh, if I can't have you, nobody can, it, I thought that he was going to hit her. So I jumped in front to, to try and stop her. And, and then, yeah, he describes the moment of the acid hitting him. He was like, you know, for the for a minute, it was nothing. Well, he, and he then moment of nothing. And then, yeah, he does. And then he talks about the pain and talk, saying it was like I had to pull my face off. Like, take it away. I can't describe it. It was hell. And he, yeah, Ryan um, Prescott really great delivery of those lines and it made it feel absolutely horrific um so then it's um the defense questioning ryan so justin's the the bad the baddie the baddie yes the lady and um she's still focusing in on daisy and his short relationship that he had with her a few years ago and and you know then they became mates and uh, you, you know, the, the, basically she concocts this story that he's still in love with Miss Midgley and maybe you two conspired together to douse Justin in acid. And as somebody who works at a bar, maybe you had um, access to sulfuric acid because it's used in various what cleaning solutions or something that they said. Um, and maybe, yeah, you, you meant to throw acid at um, Justin and... Um, it went on you instead. And Ryan's like, what the No, that's not what happened at all. He's getting like mega riled up at this point. There was also a bit that was little unnecessary, I would say, that he's brought a glass of water, isn't he? And he has a little panic about somebody... Well, he has a special effect. He has a special effect moment of like, whoa, it's all bringing it back to me. But anyway, the the, the end of that questioning lead ends with Ryan very wound up, understandably so, by her accusing him of coming up with the idea himself. And, you know, unlike unlike Justin, I suppose, Ryan hasn't had this talk about you need to stay calm. So he's, you know, understandably, well, if you're, probably... you're being presented with this fabrication of what happened. And probably, you know, he's, he's obviously really had to build himself up to going to this. He didn't want to come along. He's doing it kind of as a favour to, to Daisy and, and everyone's saying, you need, you need to come along and do this. It's going to be fine. They'll believe you. We need you to tell your truth so that it can be two witnesses against one and everything's going to be okay. And suddenly he's had this curveball thrown at him. That's quite calling his um, honesty and, and everything into question. Well, yeah, and I mean, 
yeah, he wasn't expected to be a, expecting to be attacked like this. And and also the 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 theory here, it kind of felt a bit compelling at the time, and it does feel a bit as though how how can you prove this didn't happen? But logically thinking, if Daisy. Like Daisy would have had to have known that it was Ryan that brought the the acid. It's would it like why would she go along with it? Or or is the is the defense because, person because saying because she's a nasty cow? Is the defense person saying that Daisy also was told by Ryan and Ryan's the evil mastermind behind the behind the whole thing? No, I think she was. I think the defense was saying that you two conspired together as secret lovers to um to to get back on him for supposedly. Argument, Justin stalking Daisy, which actually we don't actually think he even did. It falls down under the slightest scrutiny, doesn't it? It does, but like you said earlier, it's it's her job to come up with an alternate version of events. And, you know, if you're on the jury, does this seem plausible? It's really difficult to know. Like, if you were... We always ask this when there's a, whenever there's a trial on Coronation Street. Like, if you were in the jury, yeah, you who, who would you believe? And it's really difficult... To be able to distance yourself. The point is that Ryan's not on trial. It's not. It's not a question. That's not how the system works. Only one person's on trial. Mm. So, do you think Ryan did it? Doesn't shouldn't really come into it, should it? I don't know. I always get confused about this kind of well, stuff. Well, no, it I must find do. It, rather silly. it must do. If yep. you if you're saying that Justin is not guilty, then you are saying no but it's not your problem it's not your problem that's the that's the thing about he wouldn't that's the thing about the justice system though yeah the justice system isn't there to go well if he he didn't know who did we need somebody to 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 pin this on yeah i I just just it just seems really far-fetched like there's two this it feels like occam's razor you know you you've got two people saying this guy did it there's all this evidence that and we've got we've literally got printouts of him refusing to take no for an answer but you expect me to think that ryan was the one that was stalking her and threw acid on himself Mm. and also did the police not do any research or like investigation at all into into justin where did he get this acid from that's something that seems to be missing here there's not been any police officers on the stand i'm wondering and what i'm really hoping for here because otherwise what was the point of this my hope is that pc jess can come in and save oh, yeah. the day because she had that episode didn't she she appeared in it once in the aftermath of the acid attack where she was great with daisy none of the other officers believed her craig was a chocolate teapot about it but jess was the one that was like i i believe you guys this is terrible and i'd really like her to be the one that saves the day not just because i kind of like her and i appreciated those scenes but also all that shows that there was a point of having her involved, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, what, what did you? What was it that they said that they it was used for the acid? They they was mentioned it sulfuric acid. Yes. Yeah. I'm just looking at where where you can buy it. I mean, you can buy it online. You'd assume that he wouldn't be stupid enough to um, mm. go and like if you're going to well, no, buy he'd have it. He'd covered his tracks. If you're going to buy it, you'd buy it from a shop with cash, nowhere near where you live. Yeah. I think you can just buy it all over the place. Why? Are you, I guess. I guess that's a question, isn't it? Why? Why is it 
you can just buy sulfuric acid. I, I guess also I think it has other uses. I think it's not just used for, for throwing in throwing people's, in people's faces. faces. Yeah. What was his original plan? So he wasn't expecting Ryan to be there. Justin. Was it? Yeah, Ross, Justin wasn't expecting Ryan to be there. So did he think he'd just be able to throw it at Daisy and say, and run off. it wasn't me? You know, and, and, and even though she's the one saying that it was. I... It's not a rational, it wasn't a rational action, was it? So I don't think mm. you can ascribe logic to his thought process. No, he's, he's just lucky he's got a very good um, defence team, yeah. So anyway, um, Justin, speaking of the devil, comes onto the stand and he basically just tells this story that the, that the defence has concocted as if it was actually what happened. Hang on, hang on. You can't say the defence came up with this idea. Because that's wrong. That would be immoral. They're not what? allowed to do that. What this is Justin's story that he's told the defence, and the defence is like, so. "Don't tell me any different now." This is what I was wondering during the week, and I always wonder. Like, and I know that if you believe that your client is guilty, you shouldn't be able to represent them, should you? But you kind of think, "Oh, I bet, no. I bet some of them really do know." If you believe your client's guilty, then you can't. You can't represent them as not as, as defense. You can't defend them legally. I don't think you... you're allowed to. I think you no. have to, like, you basically have to say, "Is this your story? You've got to stick to it." Because if you change your story, I've mm. you got to find someone else. To... Yeah. So as okay, fine. So well, I know she's being painted as the villain here because she's the one that's putting this story to to well, Ryan. But okay. really, okay, is it Justin's story that is she's it... buying? Because she seems quite bright, and it seems to me. I know she wasn't there or anything, but it seems with all this evidence, she should really realise, I think maybe you did it. It does. She is being portrayed as completely in the know about the fact that he is pulling one over on everybody. Like she's she's like take relishing her evilness. But I don't think that in reality, <laughs> I think it's just, a fic, you know, it's the fictional, like we all supposed yeah. to hate this woman because... She's on his side. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so anyway, Justin's telling his story. He said, oh, we're, I saw Ryan getting some liquid from out the back and he put it on the bar and then he picked it up and I could tell something wasn't right about it and we had a bit of a scuffle um, and, and then the liquid went all over so Ryan saying, and he's like, oh, it was horrible, it was horrible. He's he's saying that Ryan saved, went to attack saved, him. but Well, he's saying also that he saved Daisy from Ryan. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, no, because... Well, what was Ryan right. going to throw the acid on then? He was going to throw the acid on Justin. But why would... No, that doesn't make any sense. Yes, it does, because that's literally what the defence lady no, was saying. No, I They're... think... No, 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 no. I think the... Isn't it? Isn't the story that Ryan was going to throw the acid on Daisy and Justin saved Daisy? No. Why would Ryan bring acid to the pub when he didn't know that Justin was going to be there? I don't know. Maybe we need to watch it again. I, I thought that that's what they were saying. They're, swip- they're basically swapping the, 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 the protagonist, the antagonist, between Ryan and Justin and saying, no, Ryan planned to throw acid on Daisy all this time. <gasps> I can't remember. That's not what I took away from it, but this is why we need well, to rewatch Well, logically speaking, it makes no sense that Ryan would be like, I know that you didn't actually ask me, and this was just a, a last-minute plan, that I was supposed to come in and help give you a lift to... The, the wedding and also that you don't know where Justin is and you have no expectation that he would turn up here but just in case I've got some acid here to throw in his by. face because that's what men do to other men during a wedding of somebody they're both arguing about <laughs> I don't know I don't know maybe I should have paid more attention to that anyway so he's he's told his story and um, he kind of smugly 
sits down afterwards. She does. So well, they both do. They um, both go, huh? Yeah. Like Miss Piggy in there. And Daisy's there saying, "Look, he's going to get away with it, isn't he?" She's she's absolutely convinced. I've now got that, an idea. What? Daisy and Ryan should both throw acid in Dustin's face. Just to get it and back. And then say it was him that he dropped it on his he own did it face. Himself. So there's a scene outside of court later with Ryan arguing with Karen and saying, I can't believe that, you know, You've thanks, to, thanks to you, Daisy's been painted as being somebody that she's not. Um, she He threatens her, as does Jenny, which was quite fun, before um, they go back to, to Coronation Street. Um, we see then back at, in the pub, I think it was, Daisy gets a text from Ryan because he wants to meet her. Um, and, and she tells Daniel, and he's like, yeah, that's fine, go and meet him. And they, they meet outside in the ginnel, and he's saying, oh, look, I'm really sorry for everything that I've done. I'm sorry I didn't turn up on time. I'm sorry I've been angry. I'm sorry that I've said all these things about you. You're not like that, are you? And she's there kind of going, oh, Ryan, Ryan. She wipes a tear from his eyes, and then she kisses him. Oh. Gives him a big smackaroo on the lips. Nobody wanted this to happen. And he runs off. He's like, bloody hell, I wasn't expecting that. But he, he's probably also thinking, yeah, I still got to, <laughs> even with the acid face, I can still no. pull the birds. And then Daniel comes out the back and um, he's like, oh, did Ryan not turn up then? And she says, oh, yeah, he texted me. And then the final shot of the week um, is Ryan me, looking says, a little bit confused in the ginnel. Ryan texted me, he said he's not coming, and then he did a kissy face. <laughs> um, yeah, so. Poor Ryan looks confused. Yes. It's a normal expression for him, I'm going to say. I think um, probably quite a few of the viewers were left a little bit confused and surprised by this What's revelation. What's happening this here? Why is she end. doing twist-ish. this? Twist-ish. Why is she doing this? Well, I don't know. And this is, a, like, I'm really, really disappointed because I've had such a turnaround in opinion on Daisy since <laughs> she first swanned into the street and was slagging off Johnny to Kingdom Come. Yeah, but I was... think that she's been brilliant in the last year or so. But just well... just with this, and there's been a few other things, but with, with this being, I suppose, the big twist of the week that's just making Daisy look like... I just hate it. I really, really hate that she's done this. Yeah, but the thing is about Corrie is that the best characters aren't the perfect characters. Think of all the iconic characters of Coronation Street in the past. They've not, they're not saints. They don't do everything perfectly every time. I don't know why she did this, though. This doesn't feel... doesn't make any sense. Like, Well, she's she's so, been getting an intimate idea of his innermost thoughts as Crystal in recent weeks, hasn't she? I know, but he she? hasn't said anything endearing or insightful or, you know groundbreaking he's gone I guess I'll like country music if you do is that is that like her, her threshold for getting in her pants as long as you pretend to like the music I like then I'll fall in love with you I, I think that she's <laughs> she's remembering what she kind of fancied about him before yeah she he's opened his heart to her um she's she pities him and feels a bit of guilt I think there's definitely a little bit of that in there um but I'm just really gutted by this because I really enjoyed Daniel and Daisy together. I thought that they were a bit of an odd couple at the beginning when they first got together. But since then, I've thought, no, go for it. And I don't need this extra added complication. The acid story, to me, was enough and the stalking. And now we've got this this illicit kiss in there. Is it going to turn into something else? And it's just feeling like... and I, And I feel like I would be a hypocrite if I wasn't slightly annoyed about this when I've been having a go at Sarah Louise for admittedly doing worse than this but 
I think that a faithfulness and, and everything is and, and fidelity is quite important in a relationship. I think this is karma for Daniel for cheating on Sinead when she was in her deathbed. Well, I mean, there, there was a kiss that happened in pretty much the same place, wasn't there? Exactly. When Daniel and Bethany this is had just their... just history uh... repeating itself as far as Daniel was concerned. Oh, gosh. I just wish... I wish they hadn't done that. Uh, I'm sure it's going to springboard the story into other ways, but it doesn't need it. My my argument for why moment. I didn't like it was because it just felt, again, like my argument I've been making all along about distilling stories that are unique and interesting into boring soap tropes. Yeah. This was a fascinating story about something that they haven't ever done on Coronation Street before, and they turned it into something they've done a million times, even with the same group of characters. Mm. Why? Mm. I think... Why can't we just focus on the actual drama at hand? And people have... There's enough drama in this scenario without cheating. It feels like... Kissing people. You know, they were mm. they were putting together their Britain's Got Talent week. Did they realise? It can't have been that. Like, What do you mean? Oh. What are you saying? Not been enough big twists or shocks or surprises in this. Did they Shall we have was... her kiss Ryan at the end? I'm was sure it doesn't work be... quite like that. But Yeah, but that, that can't have been there. Well, as long as we do this, then they'll love it. I don't know. They must but have it's... known that everyone would be going nuts on this. It's really or... risky because... Daisy the... fans are, are furious. Are they? Yeah. I've not seen any many other people's reactions. Well, I, since. I don't think Ryan fans are happy. I don't know how many fans of Ryan there are. <laughs> well, you know. It also feels like a bit of a dangerous thing to do. In the lead up to Britain's got uh, not Britain's got the, the British Soap Awards because they're literally happening tomorrow night, and Charlotte Jordan, who's been nominated for many awards, now goes into this um, big event with people going, "Oh, what a slag that character is! It's absolutely right." And she's been she's been vile to, to Ryan recently, and and, and been I'd hope that unfaithful were a to bit Daniel. More mature and. And less misogynistic than that, but I know it's not true. Well, I've, I've been told by people before, you and, and, and others, that... What? The, you can't say slag. <laughs> that the imperfect characters are often the more interesting ones. You and you, you can't just be a saint. To... I just... I, I feel like I've, I've made some big changes in my thoughts towards Daisy... And she's become a good person in my eyes. And now she's just done this. I'm like, no. Disappointing. But Goody Two Shoes are boring. Mm. Think of all the, the most boring characters on the street. They're always ones who do everything right all the time. Mm. So The um, only time Claire Peacock got interesting is when she went on the bloody run in France. <laughs> this is much in the head. Um, what, what's your prediction for next week then? So we're going to have some verdict Monday, Wednesday, I'm guessing. Do you reckon he's going to be let off? I like your idea about scaffolding. I honestly think that he won't have learned a lesson from this. He's not going to be like, oh, I got away with it. I think I'll just uh, cut my losses here and go and stalk somebody else. He's going to be like, <laughs> oh, I can get away and do what I like now. He, he, he will turn up and start scaling the... He'll start scaling the, the scaffolding and do Romeo and Juliet, probably. <laughs> but is the problem going to be, you know, we've built ourselves up for this Britain's Got Talent Week to be amazing and we're like of course it's gonna go this way and then it didn't and we were a bit disappointed but is that just our fault and if justin doesn't get let off if he isn't scaling scaffolding if he doesn't fall to his death on the cobbles next week and we're disappointed that's not cory's fault is it 
yeah, it's I our know, fault for I, convincing ourselves it was going to happen. I agree with you to a certain extent, but I've also got to defend um, the, uh, the fan Dum who may, may have been disappointed by this week by saying it doesn't feel like a good excuse to go, well, why did you think it was going to be good? It's your own <laughs> fault. Um, all right, let's just um, finish things off with the Roy story. I'm I thinking am boiling hot. It is jolly, jolly hot. I'm thinking there's not much news this week apart from Jane McDonald's presenting the Soap Awards. Um, we have got. I, I think maybe should we because it's late and it's different and it's a should we should we forego feedback again this week? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm very sorry really for everybody that that sent us feedback. And we have been driving for. You know, six, <laughs> many many hours, seven today. hours today. We haven't had our dinner yet, and it is eleven eaten, o'clock at it's night. Eleven o'clock. Um, but and be- people will forgive us. But before I, before we finish up, we're not. We've got to do I our know, Roy thing. I know we've got to do the Roy thing. I, I wasn't referring to that, mm. but I want to give a shout out, um, or to on Twitter. Oh yes. I'm trying to find the. Uh, oh is this our? Is this our our um? Our nail Damn it. tribute. I found it then and I pressed the wrong button. Yes, we have a very um, lovely person who has painted their nails in honour of the Soap Awards. So this is Miss C Davies 1 on Twitter. And um, she has painted... She looks, this, is ama- this is so amazing. She's painted her nails in um, for the Soap Awards. And she's painted... Um, she's got... F- She's got five fingers, spoiler alert, on one hand. <laughs> and she's done Corrie Cobbles with the logo. She's done a, a, an Alan Bradley tram, which is great. She's got a Rover's um, R with a lovely green background. She's got the cladding outside of Jack and Vera's. But she's also got on her little finger the, the Conversation Street logo with our ducks I and lo- our I orange. I love this. We saw this when we were driving up so today. Touched very, very so honest. sweet. I think she's And it's not wonderful. just Hilda's ducks because it is, well, she said it's us. Yeah. And, and it's got the orange background orange. as well. Yeah, she's That's pretty it. cool. That's Thank a nice bit so of fan much. art. I'm just... Really, really, really chuffed I think you're this. wonderful. Thank you. Yes. Anyway. Thank you. Anyway, right. So, Roy doesn't paint his nails in this storyline. He doesn't? No. Um, it is your turn. I can barely talk. It's so hot. Right, okay. So, Monday. Evelyn comes into the cafe and Nina says, Roy's been sleepwalking again. And Roy, don't come anywhere near me, Michael. <laughs> Sorry. Michael's trying to, like, rest his head He's on He's lounging all over you. Go away. And radiating hotness. Get me some water out of the fridge. <laughs> thank you, darling. Oh. Thank you so much, please, and thank you. Roy comes down, and because they're going to the wedding together, aren't they? And yes. Roy gets a call from the vet. I love how this, because this room is so small, we're just wandering around in the middle of the podcast and getting drinks out of the fridge. It's great. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe that's what we need in the recording studio. A fridge. Well, back at home? Yeah. Our recording studio, is that what we're calling it? Yeah. Now? Yeah. We're professionals. Aren't we? <laughs> what are you doing? I'm putting it down my top. I'm just making a big deal about it. It's nestling. Get a bottle of water it's in your cleavage. Right. Okay. <laughs> So nice Roy's had a call from a vet. Roy gets a call from the vet because of Freddie. And he's got to take him there. He's been having his dingly dangle removed, hasn't he? Um, and he's written the time down wrong. So they go they get back from the vets later, but and they've missed the service. And Nina says Wedding what? service. Yeah, not the not the snipping service. <laughs> Nina tells Roy that the hospital has phoned and they want him to ring them back. And he sends her off home. And then he gets mad 
because people are asking him, what is going on? Why is the hospital phoning you up? So on Tuesday, Evelyn's talking to Roy about Cerberus after he lost his dingy danglies and he was very, um, was he morose about it? Yeah. And Roy's just putting off calling the hospital back. And so she suggests a game of Jim Rummy. Cause yeah, this is right. They're, they're waiting for the operation. They've dropped Freddie off and they're yeah. waiting for the operation to com- be completed. So she's like, while we're waiting, let's do Gin Rummy. And, but before that, you have to phone the hospital. So he... Yeah, because he there's there's two different procedures going on this week, isn't there? There's Fred, Freddie's dingly danglers, Mr. Floppy, and uh, there's Roy with his heart stent that's needed. So Roy returns back from this phone call and tells Evelyn that he's got this procedure that's been booked for the end of the week. I hope he, he didn't get confused and book Freddie in for a heart stent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Roy comes back speaking like this. <laughs> I don't think they did anything right with my heart. Still feel a bit funny. And now speaking like Ashley Peacock now. No, all that explains everything. <laughs> Right, so she says great, but he's very anxious about it and he still doesn't want to tell Nino that he's got to have this. On Wednesday, Roy's overslept and Freddie's back home again? No, Freddie's Freddie's went out the door. Why is he back home again? I thought he was getting his dingly danglies chopped off. He's back and he's back That's what I just said. Oh yeah, he's back but he's out again. He's escaped, so he and Nina... You can tell this was not the uh, the main story of the week. We may be forgetting certain details of this. Because I knew that Roy wasn't going to die. So I wasn't worried about it. That would have been a big twist. That's what this Britain's Got Talent Week needed. Roy dead. I don't want to sacrifice another person to Britain's Got Talent Week. (laughs) So Roy, yeah, Roy's, oh no, ready to escape. So he and Nina go and look. And Jenny has to, this was great. Jenny had to take over at at Roy's. And I don't think we've ever seen, we don't see her very often in there. We've certainly never seen her behind the counter. So I love that. That was brilliant. They run around and they find Evelyn and she's looking and she's going, Freddy! Freddy! <laughs> um, it reminded me of the Dr. Gadass scene. Yeah, it did. Moira's final moments on the oh, street. No. Gadass! Gadass! They eventually bump into Beth and she has Freddy in her arms and Roy is relieved. I've seen people suggesting, because Beth says that he was sniffing around Peanut and um, people online are saying, oh, has, has Freddie got um, Peanut pregnant? You know, is there still a little bit of ammo in the tube or whatever? Maybe he did get a heart stent instead. Maybe. So, uh, they hear about Paul's ailments, don't they? So Roy closes the cafe early and he realises that he can't keep this secret about his medical condition from Nina, it's not fair. So he tells her about his heart and he tells her about the fact he's got to have this stent put in. And it's a routine procedure, but he says, it's you know, just like anything, there's risks. So she gives him a big hug. And when Evelyn comes to the cafe later, Roy gives her an update and passes her an envelope. And he says, right, this is for people who may be affected. So he's clearly written a bunch of goodbye letters to people in case of his death mm. and he's given them to Evelyn to take care of and so she can distribute them if she needs to and she's not very happy about this but she agrees and well she just um, says look you, you're going to be fine you have to take these you back when you come back, back. Yeah. Uh, you're not going to need these I'm not going to need to open these but of course it's a bit too tempting isn't it so she is on Thursday she's in number nine Tyrone's like oh you're going to steam them open and um she says, no, 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 we'll, 
uh, we're never going to know, are we, what what Roy will have said because I'm not going to open them. Yeah, and she's kind of been feeling these feelings about Roy recently, hasn't she? Well, she's so it's been doubly tempting, growing really. closer. Yeah. So they go to hospital, her and Roy, to get him set up. And Roy has to get in the wheelchair and he's got his socks on, his compression socks. And Evelyn's wishing him good luck and says... I'll see you on the other side. And Roy gives her this look and she's like, oh, the, the operation. <laughs> Which I thought that was very clever writing. Roy then, um, no. Tyrone. Tyrone. Sorry, I've written Roy here. Just to try so, and catch you out. So Roy has got, he's on, he's off, he's, he's off in cloud cuckoo land having his, hopefully not having his nuts taken off. <laughs> but back at number nine, Tyrone catches Evelyn trying to steam this letter open that he's written, Roy's written to her. And he says, look, I'm not going to say anything. I really want to know what's in it too. So why don't you open it? So on Friday, she's opened this letter and Tyrone is also reading it. And I thought this was really great acting by Maureen Lippman because as Tyrone is reading this letter aloud to her and therefore to us, she's she's mouthing along with the words because she's obviously read this obsessively so many times. Mm. She knows it off by heart. And it's basically just saying... I'm sorry that I didn't survive. Please keep an eye, on, an unobtrusive eye on Nina. It was written in a very Roy way, yeah. doesn't it? Like apologising for not surviving and yeah. just being very matter-of-fact about things. And he's saying, I'm sad that our friendship has come to an end because it's become important to me over the years. Now, this tugs on heartstrings for Evelyn, who's very used to men of a certain generation not being able to actually say what they mean. And Especially by that, Roy. she interprets it to mean... I love you. Mm. So she rushes to the hospital. Meanwhile, Roy's waking up from his operation and Yasmin's there and she seems that she's wearing Haley's coat, which she says she got from the hospital charity shop. Now, who would have thought it ended up there when we know it'd been dropped off at a charity shop and there is only one charity shop in the show that actually has a set? Psych out. It's not actually at the... <laughs> Precinct. What's it called? Pope shop? What's it called? Gregory Pope it's Foundation. It's not at the Gregory Pope Foundation. It was at the hospital one. If only Emily was still in the show, she would have found it ages ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he says to her, if it has a hole in the left pocket, it's Haley's coat. And she realises that it is. So that mystery has been solved. And what a way Strange. to... Strange. What a way to end Soap Week. Yeah. I mean, this was what? Eight, nine months ago, maybe, that Haley's coat went missing. and I felt it... like this was a bit of a... I felt... I don't know. This didn't feel like... It was weirdly was... just tacked on. It was like, oh, so the coat's back now, is it? And that's kind of coincidental I that his, like could... one of his best friends just happened to have bought it without realising. I thought it could have been really touching and sweet, but it just was like, oh... It yeah it it didn't work for me. It, it was just like oh or... okay then. Hooray, like, he's got the coat like, back. Now it can was, never be mentioned again. If this was a romantic comedy funded by the National Lottery, <laughs> set set in the gritty north, this would have been the end, wouldn't it? When he finally gets reunited with the coat. Mm. But as it was, it was just a bit of a yeah. Well, I just thought it was weird how Yasmin was even there. I guess it you know they wanted to put it into the script to provide a little bit of drama for when Evelyn turns up later but why was Yasmin there where was Nina in all of this it just didn't quite work for me you find that confusing I'm telling I'm telling you what I find confusing Yasmin going it's it's June the perfect time to buy my coat (laughs) also we have seen that it's very rainy in Weatherfield at the moment why would the hospital charity shop be like time to rotate the stock 
Everybody knows that people buy their winter wardrobes right in the middle of summer. <laughs> it's, it's best not to think Don't about think it, about really. It. The coat's back. Mystery solved. The mystery is whether... It, why was it a mystery? Hmm. Later on, Evelyn's getting worried because she hasn't heard from Roy if he's okay. And does she... Is the operation been completed? What What's going on? So she phones up and she's like... Is Roy, is Roy alive? I'm his older sister. <laughs> and they tell him he's fine. Tell her she's fine. Tell her he's fine. Yes. Evelyn turns up at the hospital and she overhears Roy talking to Yasmin about Hayley. And Yasmin's like, oh, do you remember the library sitting? Do you remember all the fun we used to have? And Remember all the great stories and adventures we had before that Evelyn turned up? Do you remember I've up? been in it for longer than Evelyn and therefore I'm better than she is? <laughs> and Evelyn's like, damn it. So she leaves and she doesn't even tell them that she's there. So when she comes back home, she puts the envelope back in, she lets the letter back in the envelope and, and Carla comes around and she says, Carla's saying, oh, do you, have you heard any news about Roy? I'm worried about him. And Evelyn's like, oh, who cares? He's fine. I think he's fine. I, I'm not bothered. Why would anyone be bothered about Roy? So Evelyn's doing that classic Evelyn thing where she's, feels like she's been rejected so she's trying to reject the person back. So yeah, she she's just being particularly prickly bad. about it. Yeah, she's... And, and uh, defences. Yeah, Carl's a bit perturbed as to why she's suddenly been so bitchy about it, but mm. and that's the end of that. So now this um love's old dream has been thwarted by a misunderstanding. Mm. How Shakespearean. I mean I I still don't really think that Roy does have those particular feelings towards Evelyn that she's interpreting. I don't his even letter think she me. does. I think she's just thinking Arthur's gone, probably dead. I want a bit of Man action. All well, that talk of Mr. Floppy's got me hot under the collar. <laughs> and it's not because I'm wearing a dead woman's coat. I thought that the story was fine. It was clearly the sea story of the week. Everybody loves Evelyn and Do Roy, don't Do we want don't Evelyn they? and Roy to get together? Because I don't. I don't think so, really. I don't want them to. I, I think I much prefer the will they, won't they, or the, you know, the odd couple, but they're not interested in each other. They're, they're much funnier. Well, and then oh, it'd just be awkward, it's, wouldn't it? Yeah, I've just been appreciating all the scenes we've had of them together. I, I, I was, I think I quite liked the idea of Roy and Kathy together, but I don't, I don't need to go I've through that again. That, Mo- moved on from any kind of Roy romance. Not it's... everybody needs to. Not everybody needs to be in a relationship, and I think I've seen a lot of people. I don't know whether they were talking about Roy specifically. But, you know, saying about it is Pride Month and there's all different types of sexualities. Can we have somebody who is asexual? Is is that Roy? Is, has he, is he completely uninterested in pursuing... Well, he, was, he, he enjoyed it when he had Hayley. I know, yeah. But I don't... I think that you can be... You, you can be in a relationship with somebody and be asexual. I, 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 I see where they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that the Coronation Street will ever do that with Roy. No, I don't think they need but to. But no, I don't think they need to. It's the same with you know the question about is is he autistic? Is mm-hmm. he? I think it's probably better for them if they don't say that he is. Yeah. Because not everybody has a diagnosis. No one even wants one. So. Mm-hmm. Well, there we go. Mm-hmm. That is the end of Britain's Got Talent Week. And like we said earlier. Sorry for anybody that sent us feedback. We will we will postpone until next week. We'll have a big roundup. Yes, um, but you know we we got lots on. Hope you hope you understand after our long drive that we're going to be calling today's podcast. Well, we've You've got still really got two and a half hours out of Hang us. On. Come we've on, we've got a really busy 
t- day tomorrow. Yes, we do indeed. Um, so we need to get our beauty sleep for that. And like you said, we need to have our dinner for now. Um, but we do need to give it a score and a character of the week, Gemma. Um, this was... Okay, so when we got to Thursday, I was panicking on this. I was thinking it's going to be... I don't know how how good I can give this, how good a score I can give this, but I'm going to pretend it wasn't Britain's Got Talent Week. I'm going to pretend... I think we've got to what... We've got to rate it as... The week. week that it was. Yeah. Britain's Got Talent Week or not. Well, I I think I really, I was pleasantly, what was the word, right? I was moved and touched by Gemma's wedding and I never expected to. I was not looking forward to it at all. I, I just thought it would be a bit farcical and tragic. So, but I knew that the, all the actors would do a good job. But the scenario was just crafted really beautifully and... Tragically, and it, I think it was um, respectful and true to the experiences of... Well, I can't say how true it was, but it felt like a respectful treatment of Paul's condition. Mm. And the hopefulness and the kind of joyfulness of living in the moment that, that Paul was able to experience this week. And going on the mini-moon with Paul, uh, with Billy and that, you know, the moments that they had with between Bernie and Billy I thought they were great I I thought the acting was great in the Daisy and Ryan story Mm. I found some of the twists if you can call them that infuriating aka Daisy it's your fault and also it's Ryan's fault but it definitely wasn't Justin that did it do you think do you think that this kiss between her and Ryan might even come out in time for the next chapter of the trial I just find it a bit infuriating. <laughs> well, we'll just have to wait um, and see for that one. Yeah, the performances are all great. And I, I like them doing stuff with Roy and Evelyn, even though I don't like where it's going particularly. I thought that, um, again, Maureen Lippman's performances, it was just, there was a lot to like about this week. Um, so I'm going to give it four. Mm. Four, four um, flashing lights on my beautiful orange wedding dress. Just four. <laughs> well, yeah, because they're but they're like big hooters, like oh, okay. searchlights. I I I don't know whether I can give it for. It's really difficult to put to one side my feelings of it was Britain's Got Talent week. Yeah, the wedding was good. There was a lot of misery, which I wasn't a big fan of in the Paul storyline. As much as the performances were great, the the Justin storyline. It just infuriated me a little bit with people dilly dallying about whether they were going to the wedding or not. Um, so to I, the court case. To the court case, sorry or not, yeah. Um, I'm going to give it three and a half years maximum for Paul to live. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> Out of five. And that's, you know, he's got an extension there, so maybe the gene uh, therapy worked for him. Um, character of this the was week. Hard. This is hard because there were some epic performances. I might give this to Bernie. I... It feels wrong, but I don't think it's it's Ryan. I don't think it's Daisy. I don't think it's I don't think it's Paul. As... Paul's ha- Bill, Paul wasn't it was he wasn't centre stage as much. It was you know we always talk about all oh, soaps and ensemble performance and he was fairly centre stage. But the, it was about him telling his family. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Paul's been more central in the story before this week this week was everybody finding out mm. so by necess- by necessity the focus wasn't always on him because you had to see how everyone reacted 
I'm going to give it to Gemma this week. It was her wedding. She was great. She had some great moments reacting to it. She'd been really supportive of Paul since. The little scenes with her and Alid was lovely. Um, she donated her mini-moon to her ailing brother and his randy archdeacon boyfriend. <laughs> so um, I would have given it to um, to Gemma. Uh, yeah, she's a very, very close runner-up for me. Well, Gemma and Bernie, I, I think, think they um, deserve it, don't I they? I think they, they can deserve yeah, it this good week. Job, good girls. job, Right, um, so we are done for this week on Conversation Street, but do keep an eye out, of course, on our social media over the weekend, for we are, will surely have pictures and videos and things soap awards related coming up over the next few days. That is, it is tomorrow, yeah. Um, Thank you for all your support and listening and everything. Hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. I'm really keen to find out what you guys all thought of Britain's Got Talent Week. We've seen kind of ideas and initial impressions. Can you just find out how our poll is doing? Because I put a poll up before we started recording on Twitter just to see whether people as the week voted it banging Bob's bog standard or bobbin so i'll be interested to see after a few hours how that's doing but yeah right right in let us know i know some people already have we will put that to next week but how how are things looking at the moment Ooh, so So far at 11 23 on friday night we have a tie we've got 24 percent for bobbins but 38 percent each for banging and bog standard okay so it's it's barely even split then so it's a little kind of divisive isn't i mean it? that for, for a britain's got talent that's, week that's quite high amount of bobbins isn't yeah, it that's I, it looks like there was a, a fair share of people that were left a little bit disappointed with us it wasn't it wasn't bobbins but it was absolutely in no way a banging Britain's Got Talent well, Week. It just wasn't. Not not a Britain's Got Talent Week. But I I, I found it quite interesting because I've been reading feedback and people because because now we do our our well it was daily, doesn't it this week? Oh yeah, we had shorts after, every day. After every episode, we always record. If you didn't know, on our YouTube, a quick reaction like there's a lo- minute long video where we talk about our initial reactions, and so people now respond to us on Twitter to tell us whether they agree with us or what they thought. And I found that different people are saying, I like this part and I didn't like this part of the week. So some people are saying, I thought the wedding stuff was crap, but the court stuff was brilliant. And I'm, you know, I'm not saying the the court's crap, but I I found it the other way around. I thought that the court case was the weakest part and the the wedding stuff was... Was lovely. Was more powerful for me. Mm. So... Even among people who say that they didn't enjoy it as much, it, they're not agreeing on what it was no. they didn't like. No. But I guess, you know, you can't lose everybody. Yeah, I'd be interested to see, like, what did the Coronation Street higher-ups expect people's reaction yeah, how, to how be this week? And did it pitching this? meet them or yeah, not? Yeah, yeah, that's, mm. that's a good question. We'll um, never know the answer to that one. Probably not, no. no. <laughs> um, right, so we, oh, I also wanted to say, as you mentioned, the Street Talk shorts, we did a bit of an experiment this week, didn't we, of having some background music during the mm-hmm. shorts. Because I, I, I enjoy doing these shorts, but when I listened back to them, I felt that it just felt a little bit empty with just us two speaking. So I just put down the, the, the theme music over the top down. of it. And um, I think it works a little bit better. I don't know. Nobody's really told us what they think about it, but nobody's moaned about it. So I suppose well, that's one thing. Um, right. Give us your emails. We're at conversationstreet at gmail.com. Where's that, Gemma? 
What's the question? You're not listening. You've switched I'm off gone. already. What's our email address, love? Conversations at gmail. Correct. Um, we are on YouTube. We are on Instagram. We're on Twitter at conversationsstrew. We are at conversationsstreet.podbean.com if you want to find our blog. We're all over the place. And uh, we will be at the British Soap Awards tomorrow evening. So um, look out for all our reporting from there. Um, but until then, thank you everybody for listening. Thank you everybody for understanding the fairly short podcast this week and um, we'll see you next time so goodbye bye bye the music for this episode came from podcastthemes.com